Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sounds good. This season keeps getting weirder and weirder. This is Catfish on Ice, episode 89. What are we watching tonight, Rich? We are watching the game between two teams. We have depleted rosters due to the COVID protocols. It, it seems like it changes every uh, every hour leading up to this game. And But they're playing. They're somehow playing hockey tonight. The National Predator and the Colorado Avalanche. Rich, how are you doing, yes. man? Doing good. It's crazy. This is this is the craziest hockey game I've ever seen. Um, it really is, man. I it, mean, it's, I it's cannot crazy. believe. I cannot believe they're playing this game. I really can't. I, yeah, but I, we I are happy it. to be watching hockey, of course. But I will say, I just saw on Twitter that the Colorado Avalanche took a team vote and decided they wanted to go ahead and play tonight. So very that's awesome. interesting. That's very – I just saw that right before we went yep. live. I found that very interesting. We're going to get into all this stuff here. That's actually going to be our opening face-off tonight is should they have played this game with everything going on, we'll get into it. This is, again, episode 89 of Catfish on Ice. We welcome everyone in. We appreciate you being with us. Let's let you know what we got in store for you as we are presented by DraftKings. We're watching the National Predators and the Avalanche right now. Coming towards the end of the first period, the National Predators have a one nothing lead on the Avalanche thanks to a Philip Forsberg goal where he kind of, I want to say took a page out of Matthias Eckholm's book where he kind of looked for a pinball-style goal. Uh, the goalie was screened, and he found the back of the net for his 12th goal of the season. That's where we stand. Yep. We're going to continuously react live to this game throughout episode 89. We will take you to the very end of this game yes. to close out episode 89. And, of course, at the tail end of the episode, we have a really outstanding interview mm-hmm. that you're going to want to stay tuned for yep. with Joe Dubin, better known infamously as Big Joe on the go. If you are a Nashville native, you know who Big Joe yeah, is. Yes. And he joined Absolutely. our he joined us for a some really good talk about how he got into the sports industry, how he uh, uh what he's doing now with his current projects with Main Street Nashville, a uh, mm-hmm. local independent newspaper. We had a really good conversation. Of course, we talked about some of the players he's covered in his history, including Preds players told some really good stories. We really cannot wait for you to catch that interview at the end of this episode that will be dropped on our all podcast platforms. And we have a new segment, Rich. Rich, we have a new segment being debuted tonight. Yes, we do. It is going to be called our three, our clutch performers of the week. So it's really a take on your three stars of the game that you see in every hockey game. We we're putting a spin off on it 
the three clutch performers of the week that just passed in Predators hockey. We are using the four-game road trip from the previous week as our first edition of this. Some good performances, definitely. And this is all going to be prefaced on who stepped up in the big clutch moments. Not necessarily the player with the best stats, although that's a part of it. This is about who stepped up in those big moments to help carry the team to victory. And, of course, as we know, the Preds swept that four-game road trip. Yeah, and it was above our expectations. We were hoping for three out of four. Uh, three out of four was the ceiling for me. Was the ceiling, yeah. I was I was kind of leaning to two two of four. four, <laughs> yeah. four was a, Your expectations were even lower. They were a little bit, uh, just a little bit, but yeah, it was awesome. So, And then, of course, it's Thursday, and we've got it up there on the screen for you right there. So we will do our battle for the Central Power Rankings, as we Sorry. always do. Nope. Uh, you're pointing the wrong way, Rich. There it is. It's backwards. It's got. It's backwards when you're facing the camera, man. You can't do it. And Sorry. we also got to make sure we don't mute ourselves tonight. All right, let's try. For I did that. it. Yeah, yeah. That we was both ugly. did it. How did, did we yeah. both manage to do that in the same episode? I don't know. I muted myself to cough and forgot to turn it back on. So we That's can only go up from here. We can only go up from here. Yep. Absolutely. Even all the way at episode 89, we can only go up from here. Hey, man. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> All right, so we are at the first intermission of Preds and Avs. Perfect timing because our opening face-off tonight for episode 89 is are, should they be playing this game? Is it ruining the sanctity of the game, of the sport? Is this turning into a little bit of a fluke, dare I say a clown show in a way, that – these two teams are going – their rosters are decimated. These, these are not – this isn't injury-related. This is protocols. And mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to get into whether we agree with the protocols or not. We are not medical experts. We're not going to pretend to be. So we're going to leave that for the experts. We're not going to talk about whether we agree with the COVID protocols. That's not for us to decide. I'm going to preface that right there. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a crazy day all day checking Twitter to see what was going to happen. Like earlier today, I was like thinking there's no way that they're going to have this hockey game. Me too. Um, I was just, you know, they, they've they uh, postponed other games with the same amount of players out from the other teams. I know one of them was in Canada and that makes it a little trickier because of yeah. the border crossing and whatnot, but I just didn't see how it was going to be possible. And then, and then as the day wore on, um, it seemed like, I don't want to say it's unfair because they're all professionals, but like, it was like the Preds with all their call-ups going against the fully rostered Avs team. And it was going to be ugly, but then, you know, unfortunately the Avalanche had some, you know, some of the same issues come up and like Kale McCarr got pulled like at the last minute. Um, No Darcy Kemper. Um, yeah, those are Predators. two big ones right there last yeah. minute. Yeah, the Predators emergency backup goalie is actually on the bench for the Colorado Avalanche. So, um, yeah, just a crazy day all around. Um, I so, mean, I'm glad uh, we're not watching hockey, but it's just it seems a little yeah. weird. But So, going to bed on Wednesday night, already knowing that there was some grim news coming mm-hmm. uh, based off of uh, – the, the first, the first uh, 
national media person who really broke this was uh, Frank Saravelli of Daily yes. Faceoff. He sent out a very grim uh, tweet saying, "There's there's some news coming here. There's some rumblings coming that the Preds have a COVID outbreak." waiting Absolutely. on confirmation that was the basic tweet and so we were walking on eggshells the entire day yeah waiting to yeah. see what who those players were going to be i thought for sure that 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 meant no hockey for the predators for at least a week at least a week yeah and and then we were also wondering um you know, Matt Duchesne hasn't played, but and we were thinking and he was maybe going to play tonight either. But that's not due to COVID, obviously. He's got that upper body injury that he's dealing with. So yeah. I will say this though: the tides really did turn quickly to the point Boy, where I actually did. think the Predators had the advantage when it's all said and done in tonight's game because they have more skaters available. They're also using a lot of players they called up who have NHL experience, including Rocco Grimaldi. Matthew yep. Olivier, Cody Glass. We're talking about players who have NHL experience. So oh, yeah. it's not like they're using a bunch of players who are new right. to this moment, you know? And yep. then also, so the Avalanche are down skaters. So stamina is really going to come into effect here down the stretch. You got to wonder if the Avs are going to get tired. The Avs don't have their starting goaltender, their top number one goaltender like the Preds do right now. Preds have UC Soros still. They still have Philip Forsberg. They still have a lot of their really strong, important core players, whereas the Avs are having to use, like you said, a a backup goaltender from the AHL and also down their best defenseman, Cal McCarr. They do still have Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. That should not be overlooked. Very point – very – yeah, powerful players, but, dangerous but the players. Preds, yes. The Preds actually came out, I think, with an advantage when it's all said and done. But you did say, Rich, and this was really interesting news that Elliot Friedman shared, the Avs had the option not to play mm-hmm. this game, and they decided to play. I respect the hell out of the Avalanche for Absolutely. Uh, wanting to compete. I would not have blamed them one bit if they said we're not playing this game tonight. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will say one thing with with the depleted lineups, we're probably not going to see a big, huge fight like we did last time or anything. Nobody can afford to lose anybody for five or ten minutes. Well, okay, so in that first period, one player that really stood out to me, really stood out to me, was Colton Sissons. He was all over the place. He was getting in shot lanes, passing lanes, blocking shots, and he mm-hmm. looked like he took a really bad puck to the body, and he had to struggle his way to the bench. And I took a really deep breath when mm-hmm. that happened because that would be a – you want to talk about a tough bull. Oh, yeah. Losing Colton yeah. Sissons because he's the type of player that's going to win you these types of grinded-out games that you have to mm-hmm. win where nothing's going to come pretty – but you know he's going to do what it takes to to uh, protect UC Soros in net and preserve and keep this a relatively low-scoring game. You need a player yeah. like Colton Sissons in there. I really like that Colton Sissons was elevated to the top line for this game. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Love that. That's move. good to see. Yeah. Definitely good of, to see him on the top line. 
Um, yeah, I, I did the same thing as soon as I saw him like struggling a little bit. I was like, they're already they're already playing eleven forwards. So, uh, you know, if they lost somebody, got hurt, man, it would be, you know, bad, very bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how another way to put it, but just not good. So we got live game reaction coming for you right now for Preds and Avs. They somehow figured out a way to play this game, and the Preds are up one to nothing on a Philip Forsberg goal, uh, assisted by Alex Carrier, who's also stood out to me in that first mm-hmm. period. Alex Carrier was really making some really smart defensive plays. I thought the Preds played very strong team defense in that period for the most part. There was a moment where the Avs had a flurry. They had a three-on-one where Saros had to make a really, really good save. And then quickly after that, McKinnon got loose and nearly – so that's kind of – that's the Avs. That's what they're going to have to do to win this game is they're going to have to have their superstars carry them which is Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon had a really good look. Um, Saros stuck with it. They were talking about it on the on the broadcast about McKinnon was trying to skate in and get Saros to go to the other side, but he didn't bite. So it was that was a, that was a, that was probably like the best save so far. Yes, I mean that was a beautiful save. Yeah, so. Saros, uh, we don't want to jinx him here. It's his first no. intermission, but uh, nope. Saros definitely looks locked in tonight coming off his last start where he got a yep. 1-0 shutout on the New York Rangers. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Uh, Preds go one for one on the penalty kill in that period, so that's impressive. Uh, 11-10 on shots on goal. Uh, Avs slightly lead that. Face-off percentage is even at 50-50. Uh, hits are pretty even. Blocks are even. Preds do have four giveaways. Got to clean that up a little bit. But uh, overall – Pretty strong period, and the only difference maker is that Philip Forsberg figured out a way to get one of those pinball-style screen the goaltender and just hope it goes in. Uh, So good job by Forsberg to get his 12th goal of the season. Let's get back to our opening face-off here. We will talk more about this game when they get back underway in the second period here. We're carrying you all the way through this game here in Episode 89. So we hope that you stick around with us. If you're watching the stream right now, don't be shy. Yeah, just chime in. Let us know how you feel. Tell us what you're seeing in the game. Give us your opinions. When we're talking about a certain topic, let us know how you feel. If you disagree yeah. with me, I want to know about it. You better tell Same. me. Same. Yeah, absolutely. Chime in. All right. It's fun. Yeah, it's always fun. We like talking right. to you guys. Yes. All right, so let's get back to this opening face-off here. I don't think that this game should have been played. I think that it's more and more clear that you're going to have to, one, re-implement the taxi squads. You're going to have yeah. to. And I know that's tough to scramble on the fly here, but unfortunately, the NHL did not do a very good job of planning ahead when it came to an ever-changing virus. I'm not going to knock them too hard because you know what? This virus has really fooled everybody. No one knows what to expect. And so, but yeah. they clearly are going to have to go back to some sort of a uh, system of what they had last season. There's no, because this is going to keep happening. This yeah. is going to keep happening. And there's only so many days in the calendar. And what are you going to do? Extend the season deep into the summer and disrupt the next season once again? You can't do that. Uh, yeah. 
it, uh, it, it I, might real quick. Let me finish no, my thought, going. and then we're gonna go to you, Rich. But I really think that you're gonna have to let the players who still are adamant about playing in the Olympics. You're gonna have to let them do that, and then you're gonna have to play throughout the Olympic break. Yeah, I don't yeah. see another way. We we've mentioned it already about the Olympics. Like I was totally excited to see hockey back in the Olympics, and I'm a little bummed out that it's probably not gonna happen, but. I'd rather see, I'd rather watch the season carry on. Um, yeah, I know the NHL exactly. implemented totally some, agree. yeah, I know the NHL implemented some, um, some put some new uh, things in place to try to shield the players a little more. Um, I noticed that um, the press conference, like after the practice this morning was all Zoom calls instead of actually being at the rink. And I know there's making, telling the guys not to be around each other. Um you know, much and different things about like, if they go out to dinner when they're on the road and stuff, like don't probably, I'm sure they probably won't even do that, but um, I know they're trying to curb it or whatever, but man, you know, Nashville's feeling it. Colorado's feeling it. Boston, they're running 11 forwards tonight as well. Uh, Panthers are having problems. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's sweeping the league right now. It's sweeping the league. Uh, let's share uh, Mike Twitter's a comment here that I thought is a really good comment. Uh, yep. He says, I get it, but taxi squads will really hurt the minor league teams, and I think it does hurt development taxi squad guys not playing regular games. Uh, very good comment there, Mike. I totally agree yep. with you on that one. That is a good perspective there. Uh, yep. And from the rules right now, uh, I mean, all of their biggest – who are playing a big role in them on five game streak right now mm-hmm. that disrupts their, their season by it having does. to do what the Preds have had to do here to call up these players. Yeah. And I totally agree what he said about hurting development. Um, now that the story's out and everybody knows what uh, Connor Ingram went through, um, he actually said that part of what, you know, caused some of his issues was, that isolation and being on that taxi squad and not, you know, um, getting to play as much and stuff. So yeah, it definitely hurts development, but I, you know, I don't know what else could be done. <laughs> there's not, there's really, you know, you're there is nothing else you can do, unfortunately. I mean, that's pretty much what the predators did tonight. They called up a, they called up a taxi squad <laughs> pretty much. So, you know, they did. Kind of what it you is. have to I do, mean, and, they're, and they're and honestly, the Predators are kind of fortunate to have such a deep prospect pool, uh, mm-hmm. including players like honestly, like Rocco Grimaldi, and of yep. who's not even a prospect anymore, but no. he's in there, and of course Matthew Olivier, who I don't consider a prospect anymore either, but he got called mm-hmm. up. So yep. uh, yeah, you kind of look at it as I guess the Preds. If you got to say they're better equipped to deal with this you gotta say they are and if this season keeps going this way down this trend the teams that make the playoffs might be the teams that have the best prospect pools <laughs> you, you're yeah you're right if it keeps up yeah that's that's a good point that's definitely a good because i mean more and more teams are going to have to uh, lean on calling up their they're AHL players who might be good enough to be on the NHL level, but they're they're the team is so deep that these players play in the AHL. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you've also got to think about this. 
Uh, you got to think that if some of these players are indeed positive and it's not, because we don't know, and you've said this before, Rich, just because there are protocols doesn't necessarily mean they're COVID positive. It could mean they came in close contact with someone who is positive. And so they are in the protocols because you got to keep it safe. We don't know Mm -hmm. that information, but you got to think if some players are positive now, well, hopefully they won't be positive for the rest of the season. So maybe you can kind of do a process of elimination here and get through it now. And then down the stretch of the season, Mm -hmm. hopefully the Preds are in the clear. They don't have another outbreak like this. I don't know. Do you know – I meant to look it up earlier, but do you know how long they have to be out? Is it like two positive – or two negatives in 48 hours or something? I'm pretty sure if they're vaccinated, they have to clear two consecutive negative tests within like a 48-hour period or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's yeah. some somewhere along those lines. Yeah. Uh, they got to supply those negative tests to get back yeah. in there. Well, I know, and not not to keep talking about the Boston Bruins, but I know their head coach. He was out with the COVID protocol, but he was out for like ten days. So yeah, he he might have actually had COVID. I don't know, but I was just wondering, like, if you know, if these guys two or three days from now have the negative test, if they're good to come back, but. Well, not sure about that. we got to we got to go ahead and, and and think that you're on a back to back here, and the Preds got to yeah. turn around and play the Chicago Blackhawks on Friday night, and you got to think they're going to have to use this same lineup more than likely, unless maybe Matt Duchesne's ready to go by tomorrow. We'll see, or Friday yeah. night. But other than that, this is probably the yeah. lineup they're going to have to use for both games. And you got to yeah. hope and pray and keep your fingers crossed that more positive tests don't come out tomorrow to the point where, yes, the NHL has to un- undoubtedly postpone yeah. the game. We don't know if the Blackhawks are going to have positive tests tomorrow. I mean, it, it, it feels like a bad repeat of last year where it does. every game is a roll of the dice to see if it's going to get played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched um, Chicago play last night. Uh, all their guys were in, but I don't know if anything's happened today or whatnot. But, um, yeah, I, I think if there's any more, any more from the Predators, if they come out, I, I don't think they're going to have play. to. Yeah, I'll see to. how they can do it. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, just craziness right now. We got the second period starting now between the Preds and the Colorado Avalanche. Preds lead one nothing. Tanner Janot is currently in the penalty box, carrying over to the second period. Uh, pretty sure that power play is almost over. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, so this is going to be a battle of attrition here. This is going to be a battle of which team can minimize the mistakes from these players that are having to be thrown into the starting lineup unexpectedly. That's what it's going to come down to. The big X factor here is the Predators have UC Soros in net, whereas the Avalanche yep. do not have their top goaltender, Darcy Kemper. That's yep. just – that changes everything. Yeah, it does. oh, absolutely it does. Yeah, and I'm not going to attempt to say his name. I can't say it. I'm not sure what it is. It's <laughs> F-R-A-N-C-O-U-Z. <laughs> Well, we, we've had a, we've had a history of mispronouncing names on this podcast, yep. so let's not absolutely. Let's not. I would I would venture to say it's uh, Fr- Frank Francois Frank. I don't Fran- know if the Z Fran- is silent. Fran- I heard Chris Mason Fran- say it earlier, but 
I don't know, whatever. Um, I think his first name's Pavel, so we'll just All call right, we'll him. We'll call that. him Pavel. We'll call him Pavel for t- for tonight. Or we don't. His, have to talk a- about his him limited AHL numbers looked good, so. Yeah, um, they showed his. I think he's only played like four games this season. Um, Those are AHL so. games. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he hasn't yeah, he, played a game this season. His uh, NHL career, he's played 36 games in his AHL. He is 31 years old, but uh, okay. he has actually not played a game this season in the NHL. Oh. So he's more wow. of a journeyman type of goaltender, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. He, hasn't actually, he actually has not started a game since 2019-2020 season. Wow. I've, I've well, heard he actually, of him before. He actually know. started 31 games for the Avs in 2019-20 and amassed a 21-7 record. So there you go. Wow. So he's not chopped liver. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about him. I've heard of him. I just didn't know. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about him until – they talked right. about him coming in tonight. So while we uh, watch along with our listeners here live for episode 89, we're going to go ahead and get into our next segment, which is a new segment that we're putting on the podcast tonight. We will do it throughout the season every Thursday. That is our Clutch Performers of the Week. Spinoff of the three stars of the game. Only we're highlighting the three players who came up big in the Clutch moments. Yes, and this so, is a good Are you ready list. for this, Rich? And Rich, I'm ready. It's a good list. Rich, you do not have to agree with this list. I want to hear your I want to hear your rebuttal to this. I want to hear you let me know you don't agree with this list. All right. I, I've seen the list. I, I might have an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, I like I honorable mentions. Let me go yeah. ahead and get this thing rolling with our our number mine. I should say mine, not our, because Rich did not no, I play agree with a role. But Rich did not, you did not play a role in the uh in the selection process here. I did. But uh, our number three clutch performer of the week, going back to the four-game road trip, is UC Soros. And before I start giving my reasoning about these picks, let's let's update our poll question that we put out regarding this exact topic. That is, we asked, who are your clutch performers of the week in our poll question? We gave the three choices – here, Roman Yossi, Yakov Trenin, UC Soros, or other. Let's uh, let's update here. We're up to 80 votes now on the poll. And we've got, what do you know? Big surprise here. Not really. Sarcasm here. UC Soros leads the poll. 56% feel like UC Soros is the clutch performer of the week. He's a goaltender. He's pretty good. That's who I voted for. So and it may and had a shutout for that matter. So yeah, that's a safe pick. Twenty-three percent say it's Roman Yossi, nineteen percent Yakov Trenin, three percent say other. Let's get in. Max Greenberg here, who was on the podcast last episode, says, not gonna lie, I'm kind of in doubt, but when in doubt, go juice. He was sensational in the final two games, and the shutout was the cherry on top. Uh polite. Politeness is not a virtue, says Grimaldi <laughs> revenge game. Okay. Oh. I'm yeah. not sure if politeness is not a virtue is saying Grimaldi was the clutch performer of the week. He might 
He might have been for the Admirals, but definitely not for the Preds. Uh, no. Uh, all right, so Rich, you just throw out a glass of orange juice. I'm guessing that means you see Soros. That's uh, juice. Uh, Nikki, Nikki Yeehaw on Twitter says, Soros has been the difference most nights. Unreal play. And GP says, Soros played in two of those games. Trennan by a mile. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. I agree so with that. So we've got – we we've got UC Soros at number three, uh, and my biggest yeah. thing is he made sixty three of sixty five saves in those two games he played in. The reason why I really have him as clutch is that Rangers game. That is shutting out the Rangers mm-hmm. is that is no easy feat. No, they're really tough. The Rangers teams. are a really good team. They the Rangers could yeah. very easily end up winning the Metropolitan Division when it's all said and done. They are a really good team. Yeah, they've and made the a fact big that Sorrow shut them out on the end of that four-game road trip is a really, really strong feat. And yeah. then the only reason I do not put UC Soros higher is he only played in two of those games. Not his That's fault, fair. but still, he only started two of those games. That is true. That's a good point. Yep. I agree with I'm that. I'm surprised that you agree with that, Rich, because I know you're a big UC Soros guy. I am. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that you agree with UC Soros. Well, you put it in perspective. It was only two games. He did get um, um, he did get a shutout. What's that? What's up, Robbie Stanley? Oh wow! Holy What's crap. up, Robbie? What's up, man? That's Thank uh, you for us. wow. That's we've cool, got a man. pretty, we've got a, someone pretty high up on the Preds total pole here. Robbie yes, Stanley, do, he is on 102.5 the game. He does uh, mornings, Robbie and Rex Road. And I think yeah. that's the best morning show in Nashville. And I'm not just saying that because Robbie Stanley's in here. He really is awesome. I love his Preds coverage. I love all of his sports coverage. Everyone needs to yep. go follow Robbie Stanley. Thanks for saying hi, Robbie. We, yep. uh, we love you, man. We're a big fan of your work. What I appreciate about Robbie when you listen to Robbie is he will call it like it is. And if the predators are not doing something right, he will absolutely voice that opinion. And, and Robbie's also that. a, uh, Robbie's also a green Bay Packers fan. I grew up a green Bay Packers fan before the uh, Titans moved here. So <laughs> fellow green, uh, green Bay Packers fan on the pod here. <laughs> Robbie says checks in the mail. Right, well, yeah, yeah, we're kissing up to Robbie Stanley here. This sounds horrible, <laughs> oh. but uh, all right, let's move on. Let's anyway. move on here. All right, so uh, yeah, so we got UC Saros at number three. Hey, big moment in the game right now. Preds are, are got a little bit of a power play. I think they had a two five on three for a little bit. I They're trying they to open up this lead here. I I don't think even in a game where the Avs are depleted uh, roster wise, a one, I don't this ain't going to be a repeat of the Rangers game. I see the ads no. scoring at least a goal or two in this game. So no, it's really paramount here that yeah. the Preds built some insurance here, but the abs, I mean, credit to the abs. They're up, but they're battling right now. Yes. Um, I agree. Um, and if you look at the shots on goal, it's they're catching up. Predators are at 14 and the avalanche have 12. The the Preds are they they had some good decent opportunities there on that power play and they're 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 settling in they're trying to they're trying to get that second goal desperately uh, but right now it's still one nothing all right let's go to our second clutch performer of the week and that is the Yak attack Yakov Trenin 
Absolutely. He was going to. Yeah. This is what Mike Twitter. Yak. Yak. <laughs> One of the best nicknames ever. Yak Attack. Um, yeah, I just. Yakov Trenin, man. He's, he is just. His game just keeps growing. It keeps Absolutely evolving. It, it keeps. He, I, I love his passion, his energy, his his just will to win, man. Like he is just mm-hmm. always a fiery player. Uh, he fits the mold and identity of this team so perfectly. Um, and the reason why I put him at number two for the clutch performers of the week is he has a he got a game winning goal this past week. He mm-hmm. also scored added another goal to that list. So he scored two goals. Uh, he also was very physical all week, 13 13 shots on goal. So he was efficient in his offensive play, and he does it in very small amounts of ice time. He's not piling up the ice minutes right now. But when he's out there, he is effective. Yeah, and if you look at the Islanders game, I know we've already talked about it, but he got in a fight with Trennan or uh, with Chara. (laughs) He got in a fight with himself? Got Yeah, I (laughs) know. Oops. (laughs) <laughs> sorry Robbie, I call you Robbie Stanley's watching man I'm all rattled no I'm yeah. just kidding um, um yeah he got in a fight with Chara got all stitched up and came back out and scored a goal so yeah just no there's no quitting that dude um yeah he's he's a tough customer I'd say he's probably one of the toughest predators on the team right now well didn't we ask the question in, in another episode when Kyle uh, Perkins was on with us one night where we said who would we rather get in a fight with uh yeah. Tanner Janot or Yakov Trenin. And I threw y'all off by saying, I'd rather get in a fight with Yakov Trenin because I think he would just end it instantly for me. He would just one shot and I'm out. Yeah. I was sitting there I think, thinking. I, I, I think Tanner Janot would punish me. He would like, yeah. uh, he would kind of like make it this long, drawn out thing where I just, I can't get out yeah. of it. Yakov Trenin, thinking. short, Yakov Trenin, short and sweet, gets me in an uppercut. I'm yeah. lights out. I'm napping. It's over with. Absolutely. I was actually thinking earlier that we probably won't ever see Yakov Trenin on the COVID protocol list because I don't think that virus is brave enough to live in his body. Um, well, yeah, that's a good he's, point. A, he's a tough customer, man. He I is. like him a lot. All right. So let's go. Let's, let's get to our top clutch performer of the week. Yes. And it is the captain, Roman Yossi. The captain save you the suspense there first of all it would be blasphemy if roman yossi did not make the top three out of clutch performers so you had to know he was going to be number one right i mean yeah that that was that was done that was done signed and sealed at that point roman yossi six points over the road trip power play assist he always involved in the play he's always leading the team on the ice you could always count on him to step up in those moments when he Mm -hmm. has to and that's even though he didn't register a point in the rangers game that was a very uh tight defensive game still six points on that road trip there is no way i was keeping him off my clutch performers list he's the captain he's the one that steers ship he's my initial inaugural top slot on the clutch performers of the week yeah, he might have not got a point in the Rangers game, but his presence was definitely felt. So that was of that course. was a, it's always felt. That was that it's was always, for sure. Yeah, it's always felt. All right, Rich, we need your honorable mention here. I'm gonna go with uh, Tolvanen. Um, if you count back 
I know we talked four games, but if you count back to five games, he had a goal every night, four games straight. That's that's pretty clutch. And a few of them were tipping. Yep. And so, so, you know what? Got to give him. When I made my that. list, I I initially when I made my list, I initially had Tolvanen in there, mm-hmm. and yep. then you know who I moved out, or, or or you know you know who I moved in to hit. Uh, Trinan. No. No. You Soros. Soros. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, I can't leave UC Soros off of the list. So yeah, I, 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 I think Ellie Tolvanen is a fair submission if someone wants to put him in their top three. And also, yep. he is a great honorable mention. And on Predators that note, the Preds <laughs> have a two to nothing lead on a tic tac toe type of goal. Oh my gosh, my favorite. This is a perfect diagrammed goal. Forsberg to Sissons. To Janot in the slot and Janot bangs it home. Justin Gambino, great passing, absolutely. Apparently, it happened a little while ago because my goal. Twitter's like, "Did you get this goal yet?" <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we're, we're uh, sorry, uh, we were uh, kind of on a tangent there, uh, Mike. Twitter, we were on a tangent. I just saw it, but yes, yeah. we we got this goal. Um, wh- that was some tic tac toe pass, oh, diagram passing. Uh, that's like the stuff you run in drills in practice and it just worked yeah. perfectly. And uh, so there you have it. Uh, Phil Forsberg with a two point night. Now he's got the first goal of the game and he's got the secondary assist. Colton Sissons, who I already told you is really standing out in this game has the primary and Tanner Janot continues his really strong campaign with the goal. There you go. My Twitter the passing sequence on that was awesome. Yes, those are my favorite goals. Is when it just works out perfectly. Those those tic tac goals like that. So I can already now we're gonna have to avoid the Colorado Avalanche Twitter because uh, I can already see the excuses, the crying, and the this isn't fair. And we already prefaced it in the opening of the episode saying, yeah, we probably should be should be playing this game. But both yep. teams are dealing with massive challenges to play this game. Yep. So I don't want to hear any of these excuses from ass fans tonight. Yep. Don't want to hear so it. So you have so they've got McKinnon and we've got Forsberg. So, you know, I think it evens out pretty good. Like I said, the like I said, the biggest X factor is they lost Darcy Kemper. I'm gonna argue mm-hmm. on that. That is a really, really tough blow that I think tilts the advantage to the Preds' favor. Other than that, both teams are dealing with a ton of challenges due to these COVID uh, protocols and outbreaks. I agree 100%. All right, so we're heading to the penalty box here. Alex Carrier takes the – Cross check. Looks like a – I'm thinking that's a cross check most likely. Yeah. Or no, is it? Maybe it's not. Let's let's, – Oh, that's a. Let's what is show that? some love there to Carl. It might be interference. Let's show. Let's show some love to Carl Taylor here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, he knows all these guys. He knows them all. Well, that's he's, the he's thing. Like, I mean, up. like, I, so I, I, I said, like, initially we thought it was going to be Dan Hanote, who is an who is. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you want to talk about knocking it out of the park as an assistant coach right now, it's Dan Hinote. Oh, yeah. And so we thought he was going to be the acting coach tonight. And instead, he last minute got thrown into the COVID protocols on uh, earlier today, along with Nick Cousins, who got thrown into the COVID yeah. protocols late. So yeah. that put Carl Taylor as the head coach. And you know what? This is kind of like – this is kind of weird circumstances. This is totally weird circumstances here. But everyone initially wanted Carl Taylor to be the head coach. <laughs> sure did. Before John Hines was hired. Well, not to make jokes. Still not to make jokes here. Not to make COVID jokes here because COVID's a very serious thing. We're not making humor out of COVID-19 whatsoever. No, no, but it's no. just kind of crazy how we ended up here that Carl Taylor is the acting head coach for tonight. Yep. Mike Twitter wanted Terry Crisp on the, on the bench tonight. That would have been How cool interesting. Would that have been? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been interesting. He would have just told him to go out there and hit him in the face. Right. I'd like to Let's go back. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go back sometime and check out some games where he played and just see what that was all about. Oh, he was, play play. he was a yeah, totally no, rough player. He was a totally rough style player. And it looks like the Avalanche are on the board. Mm. I don't like that. Yeah, they uh, they set up a power play there, and uh, when you put the Avalanche on the power play, it's going to burn you eventually. So yep. that was some uh, slick passing there for the Avalanche on the power play, and it yep. looks like – There it is. It was a wide-open net. Ranton and <laughs> – Miko Randon. What did we say? We already said that the, the, the Avs still had their two superstars tonight, and that's Miko yeah. Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon. And what yeah. do you know? Miko Rantanen scores a goal. Yeah. We can't put these guys on the power play, I'm telling you. That yeah. that will balance the scales quickly if you put Absolutely. these guys on the power play. Mike Twitter with the thumbs down. Yep, I agree. Same. Randon's the one who dropped the hat trick on him last time. Yeah. For real. Ugly. All right, so this Ugly. game is obviously far from over. We just passed the midway point of regulation, and it's a 2-1 Preds lead. All right, that is perfect timing. Let's get into our battle for the Central. Oh, man. Power Good rankings, stuff. they get tougher and tougher every week. Yes, they do. We are going to go ahead and say that these power rankings are based on before tonight's games, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and get started with number eight, and it is still breaking news, Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. Um, we got to check out their week, though. Let's see their previous week here. Let's see if they have uh, managed to uh, at least get up off the mat and start battling. They just took a 3-2 to two loss tonight, or last night, I should say, to the New York Rangers. Hey, that's, that's respectable. Mm-hmm. They only lose by one to the Rangers. Yep, I agree. They lost five to three to the Flyers, and they lost three to one to the Florida Panthers. So yeah, this poor team can't. This team can't score goals. Uh, That's their biggest problem. They they just lack superstar talent, obviously. And up until what was it last week, they were behind on their bills. So yeah, (laughs) they finally got those paid. Yeah, they're shopping. uh, How do you say his name? Jacob, how do you say his name? Do you know? I, I, I'm aware of the player, but I don't follow him closely. <laughs> our, our guy Max Greenberg is, uh, is big chicken, on him, though. Chicken, chicken, 
chicken. Right. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, they're shopping Max him. Greenberg. Yeah, there's rumors that they're shopping him. So I think they just know that this season is going to probably be a wash. This is ugly for them. Oh, they've known that whatever. since before game one. Yeah, I mean, about it's, just, it's just not getting any better. <laughs> yeah, like at least, at least with like Chicago, you know, you can see a little bit of progression with them, but like Arizona, it's just not happening. So. Well, let's go ahead and slot Chicago Blackhawks at number seven. They are still in number I, seven. I don't have them in no? number seven. No. Oh, wow. Okay, throw me a little <laughs> bit of a curveball here. I love it. All right, well, yep. I do. I still have the Blackhawks at number seven. Yeah. Uh, I just think that they are um, – they're close. They're, like, right there. But they're definitely way better than the Coyotes. It's like the Coyotes and then the rest of the division. Mm-hmm. But – the Blackhawks are still seven for me because uh, your top six teams in the division, I you can't give me a solid argument that they're not – that the Blackhawks are better than any of those teams. But I want to hear your number seven team, Rich. I want to hear this. This is going to be interesting da- for me. It's the Dallas Stars. Dallas really? Stars. Yeah, they're on a four-game losing streak. Um, is, and- their, is their losing streak reached that bad? Is it that bad now? I mean, it's, yeah, it's four, four games as of today. I don't know if they're playing tonight or not, but um, – yeah, they well, I put, saw them. I uh, saw them lose that uh, Blues game uh, on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and that was a game that they were leading one to nothing, and then the, the breaks just came off in the yeah. uh, in the third period for them. Yeah, yeah. they are. A, they're a, the Dallas Stars are a hard team to figure out. Mm-hmm. I've got my I got the Dallas Stars at number six. I don't got I don't have them yeah. worse than the Blackhawks though. Well, I put I put Dallas there. You know, they're they're on that losing streak. They just put Hudobin on waivers. Uh, ben Bishop had to retire. It's just there. There's well, ha- just are, in a bad way right I now. I gotta admit, I was pretty surprised that Hudobin mm-hmm. made it through waivers. I thought some goalie, uh, desperate team would have snatched him up, but he cleared I mean, waivers and went down to their uh, AHL squad. So that that's kind of surprising. That dude took them to the Stanley Cup Finals. They rode him the whole time yes. they were in the bubble, and like, like he played as as did as good a job as anybody could have done in that situation and he just i guess he just well, and that's why lost the magic. that's why i said that's why i didn't understand the stars offseason move of adding brayden holtby uh that yeah. made no sense to me of course the really tough news with ben bishop mm-hmm. really oh, just heartbreaking I his, type of stuff yeah. I watched his press conference, man. That is so hard to watch. Yeah. It's so tough okay, to watch uh, when those guys an outstanding an outstanding an outstanding career ended way too soon. You always yeah. hate when a, a great when a player's career is ended and it's not ended on their terms. You know? Yeah. It's one thing when yeah. a great player decides to retire on their own and walk away from it. But when it's kind of taken away from them mm-hmm. and it's kind of uh unfortunately out of their control. Yeah. That's just tough to watch. So, yeah, yeah, the Stars, they're definitely far removed from their Stanley Cup appearance in the bubble. Yes. Uh, But I still got them at number six. I do. I just – I don't know what to think of them. They still have – here's the thing about the Stars that you can't forget. This is why I don't put them at number seven. They still have a really strong penalty kill. They still have a Mm -hmm. really formidable defensive-style team. They can beat some teams just purely based on right. almost like how the Preds play in a way. Very, mm-hmm. they can win those really ugly, dirty games. So I, I'm not ready to just 
throw them all the way back to number seven, but I do have them at number six. I might have punished them for letting Qdobin <laughs> putting him on so waivers. You, I don't you, know. So you definitely have to have the Blackhawks at number six, right? I do have a yeah. Um, all right. I was they, I was getting ready to be really worried about you if you no, the Blackhawks no, 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 higher no. than number six. No, they uh, Chicago beat the Capitals last night. You know that's not any easy feat. So maybe that's something for them to build on. That's what I wrote. Um, yeah, I mean they're still, you know, they're still struggling, and we'll see how they do. If the if the game happens tomorrow night, we'll see how the Predators do against them. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I put them at six. Put them at six. All right. So as we continue with our battle power rankings again, this is episode eighty nine of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. As we are live game reaction of the Predators and the Avalanche a game that no one felt like was going to actually happen. Big breaking point in this game right now. Yakov Trinity yes. goes to the penalty box for interference. The block and the Hawks. The uh, Avalanche are back on the power play. This is exactly what I said can't happen. Yep. Can't happen. But we are going to take a short 60-second break. We will be right back. We are going to uh, take a quick break. We will be back episode 89 and stay right with us and we are going to carry you all the way through this Preds ass game. Come right back to this. game of course with all these roster depletions <laughs> thanks to the COVID protocols but it has been a very exciting game I will say that and we are happy to be watching some hockey tonight with you yeah. we appreciate all of our listeners for joining us on live stream on our YouTube channel and of course we are presented by DraftKings we love DraftKings DraftKings is the best sports book out there and if you are into the daily fantasy or of course the sports gambling that you need to be on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And football fans, especially football fans, I'm sure yep. that you love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point 
is scored. It's that simple. New customers who bet just $1 can win $100 in free bets. Rich says it all the time. It's free money. It is free money. Everybody likes free money. Yep. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long with our promo code. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. And, of course, if the sportsbook is not available or if you just want to do the daily fantasy, that's a lot of fun as well. Go do that. You'll have a lot of fun. I bet I bet if you look hard enough on the app, you can bet on two guys throwing a frisbee in the backyard. Oh, probably. I bet, I bet they have that. They, sure. You can bet on anything. Yeah. Right. All right. So we are uh, continuing through our battle for the central power rankings here. We just did number six. Let's recap. Me and Rich both have the Coyotes woefully at number eight. They'll probably Coyotes. never get out of there for the foreseeable future. Then we have we 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 had a little bit of a split decision here. Mm-hmm. Rich threw me a curveball. I had the Chicago Blackhawks very dead set number seven. Rich, he threw the Dallas Stars in there. He kind of threw me off there. Yep. I've got the Stars at number six. He's got the Blackhawks at number six. The yep. Preds, of course, are getting ready to see the Blackhawks on Friday night as part of a back-to-back. Maybe. We'll have to see if uh, the Preds can get some players back. I don't know. Uh, I think the biggest hope is that we get Matthew Shane back. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, if not, it could go but, definitely go sideways for him. If you go sideways, I do really appreciate the hustle and the hard work that the Preds are showing us tonight so far mm-hmm. as we've got a little under four minutes remaining in the second period. They are really playing a hard-fought game tonight, and I really respect that out of them. It's become their Me norm too. for them is they always – you know they're always going to bring a really mm-hmm. hard-fought game to the arena every night. That's yep. what this team's mentality is, and that's why they're um, outperforming pre expectations. What was that? What just happened? Hmm, I don't know. All right, so let's get to number five. I'm going to get to number five here. I'm going to give you my number five team, and it's for me, it's definitely going to be the Winnipeg Jets. That's who I have. (laughs) There you go. The Winnipeg Jets are a team I just keep waiting to, like, finally show us something. And I'm starting to run out of patience with them, but I do know their roster is good enough to be a really dangerous team down the stretch. And so I'm just kind of yeah. waiting on it. I'm just waiting for them to finally wake up and do it. And eventually you got to think it's going to happen. They've got too much scoring talent on that roster to not eventually wake up. And boom. You know, when I say boom, that means someone scored. Mike Twitter says bang. I said boom. Mike Twitter is like a minute up on us. And you're, you're I'm, I'm behind all of you. 
I'm behind all of you. Wow. Oh, well, Justin it's a, a two-on-one development there. Two-on-one breakaway. And <laughs> Phil Forsberg just got his second goal of the game. What's oh, funny about this goal is he was actually going for a pass, and it deflected off the defender. He was trying yeah. to find Tanner Janot, I believe. It right. looks like. I'm seeing the replay. So you see what I'm seeing, Rich? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's weird. Forsberg was okay. going for the oh. pass. He was not trying to shoot that puck. And it went his pass got stick. deflected off the defender, redirect, and went uh, and right totally hole. faked yep. out the ass goaltender. Right in the five hole. Which so I, don't like, got, I don't like saying that. Do you like saying that? It's, you ever it's say a that? Strange. Five it's hole? A little it's, strange. I don't like I know, I know yeah. what it is, but it's just weird. But anyway. It's a little strange. All right, so yeah. Forsberg has himself a three-point night. We're on hat-trick watch. Awesome. We are on hat-trick watch for sure. Yeah. Or maybe Gordy hat-trick. Do we want to see I'll Forsberg in a too. fight tonight? I'll take that too. <laughs> no, so, I don't want to see that. No, I, don't I don't need to see, see Forsberg in any fights. Yeah. So for Winnipeg, I wrote, um, so they beat up the Devils. They beat up the Leafs and they pretty much beat the crap out of the Kraken. And then they lost. And I know Vancouver's playing better, but they lost to Vancouver after hey, after all those impressive wins. We might have to put some respect on the name of the Vancouver Canucks. They got Bruce Boudreaux in there, and he has completely changed around the outlook of that team season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely um, – yeah, I don't know. They they've played really well. I'll I'll give them that. But like Winnipeg was like rolling. So so how about this? The Preds are up to twenty six shots on goal now. They are. I'll take it. I don't I don't roster depletion or not. They're missing Matt Duchesne. They're missing Mikael Granlin. They're missing Ryan Johansson. It don't matter. The Preds are still putting up the shots on goal tonight. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, twenty six to fourteen. Wow. Which you can expect a low shot total for the Avs tonight. With everything they're dealing with, only 15 skaters available. You can understand why the Avs only have 14 shots on goal. That totally makes sense. But wow, the Preds, they are are playing a very aggressive game. We're seeing here, Forsberg has 14 points now in his last 11 games. Pretty efficient. So so we we feel that... If you take the forwards and the defensemen, they're pretty evenly matched, but our X factor is definitely Soros. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. Even though I will say that last goal is really bad luck. There's nothing he can do about that. I mean, that's such a quirky goal. I'm not trying to take anything away from Forsberg, uh, but he was trying to make a pass, and it got deflected. Yeah. So – off his own. But either name. way, yes, that is the X factor that you can point to where the Preds are not losing UC Soros. Whereas the, the you know, if Darcy Kemper yeah. is in this game, it's probably a very different looking game. It's probably, I don't know, maybe Kemper makes a couple more saves uh early on in the game. Yeah. That's true. All right, let's move to number four. Mm. My number four team is the St. Louis Blues. So is mine. Look at there. I, I did watch I, the St. Like I said, I watched that St. Louis Blues Stars game on Tuesday. That for some reason that game really sparked my interest since the Preds game was postponed against the Flames. Mm-hmm. I had to find something to watch. Yep. So that was kind of the game I really zeroed in on. I mm-hmm. watched that entire game, 
And I'm telling you, for I, I didn't think the Blues looked that impressive. Really? I just I don't. I mean, I think they're good enough to be a playoff team, probably a wild card team, which is why I have them at number four. I don't think they're nearly as good as what some people thought they were going to be. And yeah. uh, if there's one team that I think can end up falling apart down the stretch, it's yeah. the Blues. Yeah, I agree. It's I have them at fourth as well, and you know it's always tough ranking the basically the second through the fourth, fifth, maybe not this week really fifth, but yeah, I mean, they, they could, they could easily be up in the third spot. They like change spots all the time. So yeah, I haven't watched uh, St. Louis at all. So this, uh, so this (laughs) the blues, their past four games, I will give them some credit though. They are, they are really beating some teams decisively. I'll give them that. They beat the stars four to one. Uh, They lost three to two to the ducks. They beat the Montreal Canadiens, who are just downright terrible. But they oh, beat yeah. the Canadiens four to one, and they beat the Red Wings six to two. And even before that, they beat the Florida Panthers, who are not terrible. Nope. They beat the Florida Panthers four to three. So I do got to give them some credit. The Blues are notching some pretty decisive wins, but I don't know. I just I I think they're a wild card team at best. Yeah. The only time I watch the Blues is when they're playing like the Predators or somebody else I like. Other than that, I'm not going to watch them. No, but, they're they're definitely a hard team my, to get on board with and watch. That's my, that's my personal. That's just especially personal with Jordan team, Bennington. You know? As long as they have Jordan Bennington, you know, I really feel that if they did not have him, I would probably be a little more all right with them. No, I can't. Ever since the Blues won their Stanley, ever since the Blues broke the Stanley Cup and they finally got the Stanley Cup. Their fans have become so incredibly yeah. annoying that yeah. I just cannot take it. Like they yeah. are some of the most whiny fans that you will ever come across on social media. They think yeah. that they are the second coming of the Tampa Bay Lightning or or any dynasty for that matter, classic NHL <laughs> dynasty. Like I get when Chicago Blackhawks get all get all puffy with the chest because they have such a rich history. But yeah. these Blues fans have come out of the woodworks ever since winning that cup, and they're just like they're so intolerable. Can't take. Uh, yeah, them. I agree. Yeah, and 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 I swear Bennington makes it is the icing on the cake for me. I mean, they got rid of Pat Maroon, so that you know that helped a little bit. But I just cannot, I cannot get on board with that team. I'm sorry, I just cannot. And cannot then we'll never, e- we'll never ever forgive. The injury to Victor Arvidsson. No, by, and that's another uh, reason. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we'll just yeah. from a. I mean, we just we'll never forget that. Yep, I agree. Yeah, but 100%. we're 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 being objective here, and we'll put the we blues. At that's just four. our opinion. All right, let's move. To, let's move to number three, and I've got the Preds holding steady at number three. So I. Do I. I, I think the gap between three and the top two is still pretty wide. I think right now that's their ceiling. The Preds' ceiling is number three. I, I don't see any scenario where it, it's going to be really hard for me to move the Preds into the top two ahead of the teams ahead of them right now. Yeah. Even this game I'm watching tonight against the Avs, I can't really put a lot of stock into it with all the no. roster depletion. I can't do it. No, I can't either. Um, 
Yeah, but so my notes to be positive. Wrote, to be let me yeah, say real quick, to be positive yeah. about the Preds, to be positive though, because they are my number three team. They have this not give up mentality that's mm-hmm. gonna really serve them well if they can get into the playoffs. I mean, yeah. the, this is what upsets are made out of is teams who refuse to quit, teams that annoy the other team, punch the other team in the mouth. That's how you get upsets in the playoffs. And I think this Preds team, if they can get in the playoffs, they are built to get a first-round upset this year. Yep. Oh, I agree. Yeah, so on the notes I wrote – so I did this earlier today before I found out that the Colorado Avalanche had anybody out. So I put five-game winning streak. Uh, That's awesome. We'll take that any day. And then big test with players out with COVID. But now both teams have players out with COVID. So. (laughs) But I agree yeah. with you. I think I think they're, I think I put them at second at one time. I don't know why. I don't. You know, it, it is what it is. But yeah. Um, so I think big third, thing about the Preds, their power. Thing. Big thing about the Preds, their power play continues to hold strong. Mm-hmm. They're kind of. I think they're in the top ten. Uh, of course, they got UC Soros, which is like a cheat code. We always say. And. Here's another really interesting stat. The Preds are one of the stingiest team, most stingy teams in the league when it comes to giving up shots to the other team. So yeah. not only do they have a, what a lot of people think is at least a top three best goaltender in the league in UC Soros, but they mm-hmm. also do a really good job of not giving up a lot of shots on goal to the other team. So that's going to go a long way for them to possibly – get a first round playoff win. That that's good. it's going to go a long way. This team has not won a playoff series since the President's Cup trophy season after the Stanley Cup 2017-18 was the last time they won a playoff series when they beat right. these Colorado Avalanche. When the Colorado Avalanche were still becoming the juggernaut that they are now. So right. It's been a while since we've seen playoff success. Been. From this yeah. team, but the way they're playing and this reputation, this mentality, I think they got a good chance if they keep yeah. playing this way and they keep developing chemistry. Yeah. So you you saw a real um, – it was evident in the Rangers game. Um, they really put the clamps on the Rangers. I mean, they they like they, – they did everything that they needed to do to avoid the Rangers um, – you know, getting, getting anything like they just, they really had a hard time doing anything. And that's, that is exactly what their identity is. Like you talked about, and that is what they do now. And that's, you know, if they want any success, they just need to keep doing that. And they, they, they should be okay. Even against some tougher teams, like, you know, the Rangers, like we said, the Rangers are a tough team. You know, if, yeah, you know, the avalanche weren't, didn't have as many players out, this would have been a tough game as well. So. And the uh, my narrative for the Preds is changing, and I, I will say, if you would ask me two weeks ago, my narrative of this team was they can't rise to the occasion against their really good teams. That was during the time when they mm-hmm. got exposed by the Avalanche. They got exposed by the Vegas Golden Knights really badly. They got exposed by the Toronto Maple Leafs really bad. So I was starting to think the Edmonton Oilers exposed them really bad. So I was sitting here thinking, okay, the narrative around this team is – they can't rise up against they really against the really really good teams. They can't rise up. They're starting to change that narrative slowly but surely by doing things like beating the Rangers, 
beating a very young and exciting Detroit Red Wings team. They're, they're starting to notch some wins against some teams that are not pushovers. Yep. And that's, and it's all through that. It's all through that defense, the defense and how they play. And they, like we read in um, online, they're playing for each other and they're not, you know, team, team only. And that's, yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was the article from Adam Vinian, I believe of the athletic mm-hmm. Yep. who uh, in the headline, it said they're starting to play for each other. Yep. Yep. And that's what you have to do. And, you know, I know they're going to have, they'll have these games where they don't do that and we will be disappointed, but you know, for the most part they're, they seem like they're on the right track, I guess is a good way to put it. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to my number two team, Rich. I think I might surprise you a little bit here. I've got a new number one team and it's not the Minnesota wild. The Minnesota wild are number two. I've dethroned them. So did I. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going off the of standings here. If if I, if my rankings were just the standings, then this would be a pointless segment every week. Yes. The Minnesota Wild are still a really t- good team that I think is going to have a good chance to win this division. I'm not taking anything away from them. The Colorado Avalanche have officially arrived. They are here. We are not seeing yep. the full complement of the Colorado Avalanche tonight. And to be fair, nope. we're not seeing the full complement of players on the Preds either. But yep. a fully strengthened Colorado Avalanche team, if this isn't the season they win a Stanley Cup, when is it going to happen? Because this I, Avs yeah, team is completely built to win a Stanley Cup this season. And mm-hmm. they stumbled out of the gate. They dealt with a rash of injuries. Now they're dealing with this COVID stuff that's bad luck. But a lot of teams are dealing with that right now, including the Predators. But assuming yep. all things are normal and we go into the playoffs, it's going to be such a nightmare for any team to beat yep. the, the Avalanche in a seven-game series. Yep. Colorado, they're a five-game win streak as well, like the Predators are right now. Um, yeah, man, they're, they're, they're tough. Like, I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Those guys, I would have the – I would have They're the ads at number one, even if the Preds win this game tonight. If they end up pulling this game out, oh, yeah. I'm still keeping the ads at number one. I'm just no, not taking agree. a lot of stock into this game. I do I appreciate their plan. I do think that the Preds are showing us that fight and that fortitude that they always have. But I just can't look at this game and be like, oh, this is a huge sign for right. the Preds maybe narrowing the gap with the Avalanche. I think that gap is still pretty wide between the Preds and the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I agree. Well, if you look at the point standings, there's only four points separating one through four right now. So, um, yep. Predator, the Predators Avalanche. win. They're going to be second. Uh, they might the, not be. depends on the percentage. But The Avalanche lead the division in goal differential. They're plus 27. The Minnesota That's Wild huge. are right there behind them at plus 24. The Preds are only plus six, which goes to show you the Preds are winning a lot of close games this year. Yeah. Yeah. Other notes that I have, other notes I have written down here for the Avalanche for why I put them at number one. They are the highest scoring team in the NHL at 4.31 goals per game. Minnesota second. So your top two teams in the division are also the top two scoring teams in the league. And Mm -hmm. the Avalanche also have the highest shots on goal per game 
in the league at 34 shots per game. They've only got 14 right now. But again, they're, they have 15 skaters available. So yeah. lack of energy is a big reason why. But yeah. telling you, yeah. the Avalanche are going to be such a force to be reckoned with. Yep. I feel sorry for any team that's going to have to play them in the first round. Let's really hope that the Preds avoid the wild card and don't have to play the uh, Avalanche in the first round. Yeah, um, that that game where where Colorado played the Predators that that was just ugly. That was just oh that that showed you the full force of what Colorado is capable of. That I mean, every time I see every time I see the ads on the schedule, I get instant nightmare fuel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. up until up up until right before the game, when all these players started trickling out that were on the COVID list, I mm-hmm. really had nightmare fuel for this game tonight. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was super late into the day. Like mm-hmm. we're talking a couple hours within puck drop that suddenly we start learning that the ABS had their own COVID product protocol problems. Yeah, but it was shaping mm-hmm. up initially that this game was going to be completely lopsided. Yeah. Mike Twitter said props to them for going at it. Would have hated another night of no Preds. That's true. Yeah. I mean, even, I, even, if, even if the Predators were at full strength and Matt Duchesne came back and nobody was off COVID and, and Colorado didn't have anybody, it would have been a very tough game for the Predators to win, I feel. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, I don't know. But at full, when these both these teams are at full strength and you're not dealing with all these crazy COVID uh, problems right now, I just think the gap is still pretty wide between the Avs and the Preds. Yeah, I agree. That's where I sit right now. Yep. I agree. So that is our battle for the Central Power Rankings uh, for this week. We got the Avs both. That We got a lot of agreement this week, Rich. We only yeah. disagreed on yep. six Dallas. and seven. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, we've had weeks where we disagreed on every slot. This mm-hmm. week we just we agreed on all of them except for one. Except for one. goes to show you, man. We never discuss our rankings before the episode either. No. Anyone, so uh, I usually I usually wait till I usually wait till the day of to do mine, just to let everything kind of play out and see what's going on. Um, but then, who knew about the COVID stuff? So, <laughs> I mean, it just changes yeah. every changes every day. We never know. Uh, all right, so. We are getting ready to see this third period here. Let's see if the Preds can close it out. They are up three to one in this game. Philip Forsberg has himself a three-point night going, two goals and an assist. Let's get you some some numbers here in the second intermission of how this game's going. Uh, let's give you some numbers here. Uh, yeah, I don't have we've any. got 27 to 14 Preds leading shots on goal. Face-off circle, Avalanche is winning that department. Avalanche is one out of three on the power play. The Preds are also one out of three on the power play. Uh, we've got 12 to eight on hits. Preds lead that. Preds are pretty good at always winning that department in hits. Block shots, pretty even, 10 to eight. Giveaways, Preds have five. Avalanche only have one. And in that last period, the Preds outshot the Avalanche 17 to three. That's crazy. That is a big gap there. A huge gap. Let's, let's look at some of these Preds stats here. Let's look at some players. Like we already told you that Forsberg has a three-point night going. Um, 
You've got Carrier with an assist. You've got Tanner Janot with a goal. That was Tanner Janot's seventh goal of the season as he tries to stay relevant in the Calder Trophy race, the rookie race. I don't think he, anyone's going to knock out the Red Wings rookies um, for the Calder Trophy, but it would be cool to see Tanner Janot stick around and keep boosting those rookie stats mm-hmm. there. So he gets his seventh goal. Colton Sissons assisted on that goal there. Um, and then, of course, the Forsberg goal goes down as unassisted as it was deflected on a goal yep. where he looked like he was trying to make a pass. But we'll take him any way we can get them. Take it anyway, definitely. So the Preds have some uh, insurance going for him right now, which I think they're going to need because I I think the Avalanche got another goal up their sleeve in this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to ramp up as soon as the third period starts. Let's talk, about, let's talk about some of these players who got called up real quick today. Uh, the yeah. first one I really want to talk about is Rocco Grimaldi. Who would have thought that he would eventually find his way back onto the Predators under these weird circumstances, but he finds his way back onto the Predators. That's the only way. Yeah. And let's give, some, let's give a lot of love to Grimaldi because he has really been taking it in stride down in Milwaukee. He is tearing it up. Did you see that spinorama goal that Grimaldi <laughs> scored for the Admirals? I absolutely did. Yeah. Everyone, if you haven't seen it yet, go to the Milwaukee Admirals team page. You don't have to mm-hmm. scroll that far. See this goal that Rocco Grimaldi scored. It was a he he used his speed that he likes to use. Did a little spinorama type of a goal. Yep. Hey, I really respect Grimaldi for taking it in stride. And you know, he's not gonna uh, wallow away or sulk because uh, a lot of people feel like he's been mistreated and maybe he should be playing for another team somewhere in the NHL. But he is really, really taking it in stride and hopefully boosting his resume to eventually land on another team in the NHL. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, he's really playing very well in Milwaukee. It's good to see. I was hoping that he might get a goal or something tonight. Um, He's got but, one uh, shot on goal so far. He's only played in six minutes of action, so yeah, his I ice time's that. pretty low. I think they were. They said they were like switching him and um, yep, Cole, Cole Smith, Smith out on the, on the yeah. Fourth line. They're pretty much rotating on the fourth line because you don't yeah. have a full uh, fourth line in in the lineup because the Preds are also yeah. uh, low on skaters tonight. Cody Glass, let's give some love to Cody Glass here. He's mm-hmm. he's resurfaced. Of course, Cody Glass was always thought of being a regular in the lineup going into the season. He's got so much promise offensively. Uh, he's a power play specialist, that type of player. But the coaching staff made the decision very early on in the season that Cody Glass needed to go down to the AHL and develop his game more more fine-tune his game. Carl Taylor, yep. who is behind the bench tonight for the Preds, he has he has got such a knack for developing players for the Milwaukee Admirals. So we got to hope that Cody Glass continues to evolve his game down with the Admirals. Yep. Mike Twitter says deserving call-up for Rocco. Yep. I think we all pretty much assumed that Rocco Grimaldi would be one of the players called up. Yeah, like the first we one, saw the I would say. Yeah, we had to definitely. wait a little bit. We had to wait a little bit to see who was going to be called up. But uh, Rocco Grimaldi seemed like a shoe in 
But yeah, so oh, Cody Glass, cool. let's see his numbers tonight. Cody Glass has been really quiet. He does have one shot on goal. He has a hit tonight registered and a little over 10 minutes of action. He was in, he was considered the third line center tonight. So he was uh All right. even though there's a lot of open roster positions tonight because so many players are out, including Mikel Granlin and Ryan Johansson. You're missing your top two centers tonight. Right. <laughs> I yeah. mean that's 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 big holes to fill because the center position is kind of an important position, and yeah. you got to really have respect for how they're playing tonight. But Cody Glass limited action, but yes, he's been out there. And then uh, Matthew Olivier, who uh, uh, Matthew Olivier is another player who's just the odd man out. There's just not mm-hmm. room for him. There's it's not. not. So, it's not so much that he's a horrible player or that he's not deserving. Of it, it's just there's only so much room on the NHL level. And so he's also been playing back down in Milwaukee, but he gets a chance to come back up tonight. And let's see, Matthew Olivier, let's see his numbers here tonight so far. He has been definitely been kept quiet, but he's got one shot on goal, one takeaway, and under 10 minutes of action. So all of your call-ups so far are getting – Getting lower amounts of ice time than you would uh, than you would see from more right. of your regulars in the lineup, as you would expect. Yeah, yeah. Rocco had a really good look early in the first period, good slot yeah. shot, but he whiffed on it. I was hoping he would nail that, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, just yeah. I think my, it's a really my stand- good, good performance uh, by these guys tonight, all things outside. considered. Aside from Philip Forsberg, who's the obvious choice, my star of the game, my player of the game so far has been Colton Sissons. Oh, yeah. He's got two assists already. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, he's got two assists, and he's playing a big impact defensively tonight, So, Absolutely. which he always does. He always does. Mm-hmm. I always say that Colton Sissons is one of the unsung heroes of this team. I agree. Because he, he plays fourth-line minute. He plays fourth-line minutes. He's not going to score a lot of goals. He does a lot of things that don't necessarily show up in the box score unless unless you're really watching the game closely every night. It's really easy to lose Colton Sissons in the shuffle. Yeah. I think he's the new Cali Yarncroft. And what did I – let's go back down memory lane a little bit. Let's go back to the time leading up to the expansion draft. Do you remember, Rich, when I was saying how worried I was about losing Colton Sissons if they yeah. expose him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want I him to so go worried. Either. Yeah. I was so yeah, he, worried that the – and I, I know you love your boy, Cal Yarncroke, and I did too, I and did. I know that that – I knew that that drove a stake into your heart, Rich, but I it would did. have been way more crushed if we would have lost Colton Sissons over Cal Yarncroke. And I, I, I kind of feel like that's been confirmed by how the season's gone. Yeah, Cal Yarncroke's struggling with Seattle – that's for sure. I mean, the whole team's struggling, but, you know, I think he's only got one goal this season. I think he was in COVID protocol and stuff. So, yeah, Colton Sissons, man, he does a lot of stuff that doesn't show up. Like you said, he's 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 definitely taking on that role, and it's really good to see. But but yeah. he's really taking making the most out of getting first-line center minutes tonight. I mean, Colton he Sissons is. is the center of the top line tonight due to all yep. these COVID problems. And he is stepping up. He is stepping up in a big way. I'll take it. All right, so the Preds have a power play here. This is where you can really put a nail in the coffin right here is 
Go ahead and add yourself another power play goal. Let's put this thing to rest. If you get a 4-1 lead, then I feel pretty safe. Yeah, I think so. Don't want to jinx it, so though. They're working, the, they're working the puck around. We know this Preds power play has really been rehabilitated this season. It's been a great thing to see. Oh, yeah. And, and a yeah, lot of times, absolutely. even when the Preds don't score on the power play, they get plenty of ice time or they get plenty of zone time. They at least show that they're in sync with each other and they set something up. They do. And that's kind of what I'm seeing on this power play here, even though uh, we're they still haven't really gotten any good shots yet. Nope. They're setting things up and they're not wasting time. Just get the puck to Forsberg. Right. Yeah, Just get it to Forsberg. Or Tolvanen, for that matter. I well, mean, yeah. Tolvanen's been a little quiet tonight. Yeah. Oh, they're shutting They're shutting the door on Forsberg. Well, you can't blame him. I mean, the guy's got they're three to keep points. Him out. He's on yeah. a hat-trick watch. Yep. Definitely. Not to mention Forsberg is still not too far removed from a four-goal game. Absolutely. I'll take it. I'd like to about, see. Um, you want to talk about contract year? You want to talk about contract year? Forsberg, this guy is just. <laughs> oh yeah, he's real. He is really, really up in his value on the market. I mean, it's just. Yeah, every time he scores a goal, David Poyle sweats a little more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't imagine what I think David Poyle is going to have to pay the man. I, I really I think, think so his too. hand's going to be forced. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know. I mean, how I bad is that going to? How bad is that going to look if the Preds continue to keep winning and they keep surging up the standings and Forsberg scoring all these goals and doing all these things, and then we trade him? Ugh. I mean, that's going to be. You thought it was bad when they got rid of Victor Arvidsson. <laughs> I got to think that. Behind the scenes right now, Poyle is scrambling to say, we got to work out a contract extension right now. Right now. Before the yeah. season ends, we got to work out a contract I extension. I would I would want it locked down before the – That's got to be his top priority right now. It's got to be. Yeah. Before the trade deadline. Um, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about all the nastiness that went around when they got rid of Ellis and Arvidsson. Well, once they you get past the trade deadline, go. if you keep once you get past the trade deadline, if you keep your yeah, you, let's say we get past the trade deadline and they still don't have a contract extension for Forsberg, that's yeah. when you really enter some scary waters because that means mm-hmm. that Forsberg is going to have the free range to announce himself available, and then who knows what happens. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I think you've got to work on a contract extension. You might have to overpay a little bit. It might be a risk, but I think at this point you have to pay him. Mm-hmm. I agree, one hundred percent. And he's proven that he's worth it. I mean, he's he's playing really well. He has nights where he doesn't do anything, but I mean, they all do. So we're yeah, just, I agree. They need to, they need we're to just, just pay all him. so petrified of long term contracts, and right, rightfully so. But now they're kind of looking not too bad. And Forsberg, though. I'm telling you, Forsberg is <laughs> Forsberg is going to expect a long term contract. No, oh, yeah, he has yeah, already proved it. You can't give Forsberg a prove it deal. He has already mm-hmm. proven it. <laughs> no, you know he's already proven it. So now he he has absolutely earned 
his right to have a long-term contract. And if the Preds don't give it to him, I think he'll decline and he'll say, Hey, I'll test my, yeah. I'll test my chances in the open market in the off season. And oh, it's yeah. not going to end well. It will definitely not end well because I guarantee you somebody will want him. Oh, for sure. I can see him going. I could totally see Forsberg going to a contender like the Golden Knights or the Maple Leafs or one of those teams. I could see him going to Boston. I could see him going to one of those big market teams easily. Easily. I agree. I agree 100%. It would would crush my heart if, if Forsberg ended up on the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, I couldn't take it. I it would be. It. I mean, I would love to see Forsberg win a cup. I'm not. I, I have no ill will towards the player, obviously towards the guy. But yeah. seeing him play for Vegas or Toronto, for that matter, either one of those teams, I could handle Toronto more than I could Vegas. Definitely. And if he did like go to Boston or something, I guess, I guess I'd probably be a little that bit all right be, with that. That would be but. convenient for you. I'd like that. That'd be okay. I'm sure he would. I'd be all right. Oh, man, he almost just got another one. Or not. Uh, Janot almost tipped one in. Um, Reds are in the driver's seat right now. They're still 3-1. to one. We're under 13 minutes left to play. We're in it for the long haul here for you on yeah, our, Ice, um, episode 89. Our um, friend Max Greenberg is actually at the game tonight. Yeah, he had, he's had some bad luck lately with getting the games because oh, he was supposed to go to the Calgary Flames game. They got uh, postponed. We've still got to figure only. out when those two games are going to be made up. That's going to be interesting to see. I'm sure some back-to-backs are coming our way this season, Some a lot yeah. more back-to-backs. Not only, um, not only was he supposed to go to the Flames game, he was in the Lexus Lounge. So Ooh, that was like yeah. a big deal. Yeah. All right, so, so. as we're, we're kind of in a break here in the game, we're sticking around with you. Let's let's get into some other topics here. Let's let's tell everyone how the fantasy league's going. How about that? Oh yeah, that's good. We can talk about Which, that. Which I mean, you think fantasy hockey was hard before? It's really hard now because now it's like you definitely you got to check your roster every day. But now with these everyday COVID protocol things, I mean, for instance, on my team, I've got Mikael Granlund. He's out. Uh, UC Soros was ill. He didn't have a COVID thing, but I I missed out on him last week. Uh, I mean, it's making it really difficult to set your lineups <laughs> right now. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go to the main page of the league. We still got uh, – he's been leading wire to wire on the season, but Matt Hardesty is still leading the league. He's crushing everybody. I mean, it's just ugly. It's he's ugly three, how much so he's team's got three, he's got His team's got 3,259 points. The next highest team – is like 500 points behind him. Wow. Well, I know I'm not doing all that great. <laughs> well, Rich, I was actually about to tell you that you have the worst luck in the league. I do. Because you've got you've got like some of the yeah. most points in the league despite yeah. your record being so bad. Yeah, I've only got two guys out with, with COVID, um, Carter Verhage and Sebastian Ajo. I've actually got a lot of guys playing tonight, um, but apparently they're not doing that great. <laughs> so, so I, I think that Lucas Spiza is pretty proud of my team right now. Uh, oh yeah, he, yeah, definitely. He, he told me that he's very proud of me and he likes the way the team's coming together. 
Um, I just want to make him proud. That's that's Absolutely. what the, this whole my whole team is dedicated to him, and I just want to make him proud. I mean, he's he's a I know you don't think he exists, Rich, but he does. He's actually a really good guy. He's a really solid guy. Yeah, I know you have him. Is he live in your basement or do you have him locked up in your basement? That's no, he I'm lives there. He, he he just lives he enjoys there. it. Yeah, he, okay. he leaves every now and then, but he's not trapped there. I would never do that. Gotcha. I'm not a monster. Not a monster. He, stay, he stays there on his own free will. There you go. But uh, yeah. let, let's, let's so see. You, so let's you're see going against – who is – Who's I'm, Ose I'm going up against Yoki. Max. That's Max, Max Ritz. Ritz. Yes. Yeah. So he's got me beat right now. He's beat me 157 to 108. But I still think I got a chance, maybe, to catch up to him. Yeah. Um, you are winning. I, what's, what's the score in your game right now? Do what? The, what's the score in your game right now? Let me check. Can't get to the thing. Gosh, come on, Rich. You're not prepared here. <laughs> One twelve. All right, there you go. And then uh, we've got, uh, of course, Kyle Perkins, who is on the podcast every Monday for Perks Picks. He's got his team, the Goon Squad, and he is beating Max Greenberg one thirty-five to eighty-eight. Yep. And then our 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 really good friend Lindsay. Where's Lindsay at tonight? We haven't heard from her tonight. I hope she's she went. Okay she uh, she went to go see the new Spider-Man movie. Ah, uh, she ditched us for the Spider-Man movie. Yep, I can't I think blame she her. Had a, yeah, I can't blame her for that. Yeah, I think it's All her right, uh, significant other's birthday or something, and they went to see the Spider-Man. Movie. That's fair. All right, well, Lindsay's winning she, her matchup against the uh, Cowboys from Hell, who are the Detroit Lions of our league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. There's any. Does he even set his stuff? Does he even look? He does. At no, he's setting his team. I swear he uh-huh. does. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. He just has really huh. bad luck. Yeah. All right, so that's our Fantasy Hockey League. Of course, the winner is going to get a $50 Amazon gift card and yeah. some merchandise from Catfish on Ice. Yep. And our uh, our friend Tyler in Canada who won the puck and a $25 Amazon gift card it made it up to Canada. I shipped it out and I was tracking it every day that to make cool. sure it made it up there. And he got it. That was so, awesome. Yeah. He, he went with the gift card, didn't he? The uh, Amazon gift card. He did. Yeah. He said, that's fine. I, I'm not, the, I wasn't sure. I mean, an like, Amazon gift card is like having cash. So absolutely. It is you can buy anything on Amazon. So yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure All what right. you can get for $25. Oh, they so just, the, av- the avalanche have narrowed the gap on a kind of a – it was another type of deflection goal, a redirect goal. Yeah. Uh, both goaltenders have been the victim of bad luck on those tonight. So what did I tell you, Rich? I told you that I think nope. the Avalanche have another goal up their sleeve. And what do you know? And there is still a lot of time left in this game for yeah. things to really fall apart here. The Preds really have to settle down here and get back some of this momentum because – it's it's too close for comfort. Yep. Three two game. Fourth goal, like we were talking about. Well, yeah, that was a that was a uh, deflection, like you said. So I got to go ahead and uh, I got to go ahead and be objective here and say that I am really, really impressed by how 
hard the Avalanche have fought tonight, despite mm-hmm. the deck being completely stacked against them. I agree. Uh, it, it goes to show you how good this team is, even when they're depleted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still fighting. Predators just need to shut it out. Let's look at the NHL scoreboard here. Let's see what other scores have happened tonight. Oh, As we continue to watch this Preds as game, little over nine minutes left in regulation. And as the Preds are trying to hold on, let's see. We got the Minnesota mm. Wild up two to one on the Sabres. Around nine oh, minutes yeah. left in the third period in that game. So the Minnesota Wild just keep figuring out ways to win. The Oilers are blasting the Blue Jackets three to nothing. Wow. No surprise there, really. We've Boston got Islanders beat the Bruins. We've got uh, three to one. Hurricanes beat the Red Wings five to three. The Hurricanes were another team tonight who were really depleted, COVID-wise. Mm-hmm. So they yep. figure out a way to win. The Golden Knights beat the Devils five to three. That's not a surprising score. The Kings beat the Panthers four to one. The Panthers have been struggling a little bit lately after really they starting have. off hot. They so the Kings have. come out and get a big win. The Lightning narrowly beat the Senators, the lowly Senators. They're another team that's just horrendous. And then uh, the Canadians beat the Flyers. One of the most disappointing teams in the league is the Philadelphia oh, Flyers. Yeah. But the Canadians beat them three to two in a shootout. We've still got the Sharks and the Canucks to play later yes. tonight. And also the Flames and the Maple Leafs game was postponed. The, was, Ma- yep. uh, the, the, the uh, Flames have the worst COVID outbreak in the entire league right now. They sure do. They're going to be out they of service for at do. least another week. Like they are going to miss a significant amount of games. The, uh, the Canadians, their game tonight, uh, there weren't any fans in the building. Yeah, I think, like I, saw where, uh, I think I saw somewhere where I think I saw somewhere with the where Canadian uh, teams are going to switch to fifty percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's definitely crazy. You might not the Flames might not play for another week. <laughs> yeah, I know they're going to be out, and that's a shame because they were playing some some of the hottest hockey in the league. You got to yeah. wonder how that's going to affect their. Uh, the momentum that they had going this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's crazy. A lot of games tonight. Let's give some uh, love to the Bridgestone Arena. They got voted. Got oh, yeah, this. I saw that. They got, they got voted, what, the best arena in the world or something? Like that? Something about tickets. Yeah, the, yeah, the best in the world. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the tickets, some ticket place ranked it. Yeah, which the Bridgestone Arena has always consi- been considered one of the best arenas in the world in the world for a while now. Like they've always had that reputation, oh, which yeah. is pretty amazing considering the the arena is like twenty five years old now. It's not a brand yeah. new arena, but when you go to a game at Bridgestone Arena, you feel like it's a way newer arena than it really is. Oh, it's so nice. It's it's one of my favorite places to go for anything. I haven't been to a concert there yet, but I definitely want to go check that out. It's a really good place to see a concert. All right. So yeah, Bridgestone arena just turned 25 this weekend. 
That's crazy. Because it's uh, everything inside. It looks it looks and brand new. So I want to read this thread here from Bridgestone Arena's uh, Twitter account that they shared today. They said, let's relive some of the best moments uh, in Smashville. And they shared April 20th, 2012. The Preds defeat the Red Wings 2-1 to one in Game 5 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The result advances Nashville to the semifinals and secures the team's first-ever playoff series win in franchise history. And, Rich, I know you weren't a fan of them yet. Yeah. In 2012. Mm-mm. But I remember that like it was yesterday. Just seeing the pre- – because for the longest time – we felt like the Preds would never win a playoff series. We felt like it was the right. impossible, impossible feat. Like, just making the playoffs was cool enough. And so, beating the Red Wings, which the Red Wings were like the first rival that we had mm-hmm. because they were the big brother. They were in our division. They were the vaunted Detroit Red Wings. And to knock them out of the playoffs that year to be the franchise's first ever playoff win, that was just amazing stuff. I bet. And then let's go to power play. Yep. Let's see. This is your chance here to once again. The Preds are only one out of four on the power play tonight. Like they've. Yeah. They got to. They got to cash in here. Glass got cross checked and smacked in the face into the boards. Let's look back to January of 2016. Nashville becomes the center of the hockey universe as Bridgestone Arena hosts the 2016 All-Star Weekend. I bet that was crazy. It was. All right, and there you have it. I just said the Preds got to cash in on the power play, and they do. And guess who it is? Our number one clutch performer of the week just scored a clutch goal. Awesome. Our captain, Roman Yossi. Still catching up. Sorry, Rich. Sorry That's all right. You're that good. No, me. no. I want you to tell me. I want to know. My Twitter oh says, "Oh my Dang. gosh, it was so pretty." You cannot. You cannot leave him open like that. You cannot give pin- him that much Dude, space. That is such a pinpoint accurate goal. Laser, yes. just a laser. He shot Don't. that perfectly between the glove and the and the pad of the goaltender. That is I a mean, very wh- who was who was it that game where he had a similar goal like that where they left him open I can't remember who they were playing I but it looked just like was, they were right in the slot. I mean, that might have been the Devils game. I'm I'm, I'm drawing a yeah, blank. I, I want to say it was the Devils game. But oh my gosh, I mean that is such a perfect goal. So he skates into the slot to find that loose puck, and that's what makes Roman Yossi such a dynamic defenseman is how he knows how to rush the puck like that into the zone and find those loose pucks. Justin Gambino says it was the devil's game. Yep. That's right. That was, was the same was game where Ellie Tolvanen had the blast. Yep. And then, yeah. And then Roman Yossi had the, had the, had All the right. goal. I feel a little better now. I feel really good about the uh, Roman Yossi top clutch performer of the week. After oh, that yeah, goal. he just proved it. He, he just proved, proved it again. It. Yeah. This guy, we're still not out of the woods here yet, though. I mean, it no, can easily still. Uh, you Seven never count out the avalanche when they have Nico Ranson and Nathan McKinnon. Never count yep. them out. Yep, definitely. Uh, 
Let's go ahead and get one more. Bodies spilling all over the place in front of UC Soros in front of the net. Yeah, things are going to probably start, the plot. start ramping up here in a second. They're going to start playing with a little more urgency. Oh, for sure. Preds are up to 34 shots on goal. Avalanche now have 20. Ugh. Ooh, Matthew Olivier takes a really nasty spill in front of the net. Oh, wow. All right, Just so you got to wonder. Now you, now you really got to wonder how quick are the Avs going to pull their goalie down too. I could see them pulling their goalie around three minutes left. Or, or before. They won't be shy about it. Before. No. They won't Just be shy about it, I don't think. Justin Gamino says the Devils really let Yossi have some time. Yeah, he was like camped out. That was a really good shot. You just cannot leave him that open. And then he just proved it in this game. So, like, don't So the Yossi space. for Norris campaign continues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say if he keeps up, keeps this up, if he doesn't win it, it'll be a travesty. Well, I mean, you can't take anything away from Adam Fox. Adam Fox you is can't. equally electric. You You're right. Oh, man. And, of course, other Norris caliber player is out tonight for the Avs, and that's Cal McCarr. That's true. That's true. So I'm sure Avs fans don't want to hear any talk about Norris trophies tonight with their Norris trophy caliber player out. <laughs> no. Come on, Juice. Oh, what a save. Uh, that was close. All right, as we continue to watch this here, I want to continue on with this really good thread from Bridgestone Arena. So yep. May 5th, 2016, the Preds played the longest game in franchise history. 111 minutes and 14 seconds of game time after game four of the Western Conference semifinals stretches into triple overtime against the San Jose Sharks. And Mike Fisher scored the game-winning goal at 1.03 a.m. Central Time. That is insane. That I is also crazy. vividly – I vividly remember watching that game with my good buddy who wasn't a big hockey fan. It was like one of his first games he had ever sat down and watched. Talk about a crazy first game to ever watch. And I remember I had to be up early to go to work that next morning or something <laughs> like that, and – I mean, we were like, is this game ever going to end? It was so intense. It was it was just so crazy. Yep. I think we did a – didn't we – I think we did a podcast one time after a West Coast game, and we were we were doing it like at 1230 or something. Yeah, I remember that. that was an early episode. Yeah. That was a really early episode. Yeah, that was really early. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I do too. Now, I remember. Was that a, was that a playoff game? I don't remember. Maybe it was. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look, but I do remember it was like we didn't get started till about – it was like quarter after 12, 1230, something like that. Yeah. We're here All for right, you, then folks. Let's go to May twenty second, 2017. The Preds defeat the Anaheim Ducks in game six of the Western Conference Final and advance to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in franchise history. I still get goosebumps thinking about that night. I was downtown no, – I was downtown in Nashville, about two blocks away from Bridgestone Arena, watching that game at Fleet Street Pub, which is a British-style pub in Printer's Alley. Highly recommend going to that. 
you're gonna fit you'll feel like you're in a in a an uh, authentic english pub somewhere it's underground and we were all watching this game with a bunch of strangers it was me and like three or four of my uh, friends we were hanging out uh and when the preds won the entire bar even people who weren't preds fans were just like cheering uh everyone was like tagging hands complete strangers and the bartender comes out stands on the bar says the owner is gonna buy everyone a complimentary (laughs) shot of jameson to celebrate and so everyone starts cheering and then the bartender goes are you kidding me the owner would never do that that's crazy and we were all like what and then he's like, "Nah, I'm just kidding." And That's he, funny. everyone got everyone took a shot of Jameson together to celebrate. It was pretty wow. cool. Wow, people cool. were hugging each other. I know there's probably people out there who are who are laughing, thinking like, "That's so sad that you got that excited about just winning." Hey, man, the Western Conference. But for us, that was such That's a huge. big milestone. That's definitely huge. And yes, yeah. we hung a banner about it. Hey, Western Conference. So don't make any champions. Jokes. That's nothing to sneeze at. What'd you say? What's the name of that place you were at? What's it called? It's called Fleet Street Pub. Let's go check it out. There's a Printer's a- Printer's Alley is actually Printer's Alley is actually my favorite part of Nashville. Is it? That's cool. When we were there, we went to what's that one section? The Gulch is that something? Yeah, that's yeah. The Gulch yeah. is a little bit. It's, it's the Gulch is nice. Yeah. I, I recommend the Gulch for people who are like, you know, who, yeah. who want to. They don't want to necessarily hit the bar scene too heavy. Yeah. Uh, they just want to like you know enjoy some good food and. Uh, enjoy some decent music and stuff. I, the Gulch is a good place to go. Yeah, for that we went. There, there's a place there that is an English pub, but it's a big, huge restaurant. We went and ate there. It was good. Remember what it's called? The, I think it's called the Pub. <laughs> oh, oh, Corner Pub. Was it called Corner Pub? Maybe I don't remember. But it's every. It's all British. Like everything's British inside. It was really cool. I don't that remember cool. what it's called. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Time's winding uh, down, boys. Nashville's neighborhoods are really starting to blow up. I mean, there's so many different parts of Nashville that have its own has its own charm, whether it's Germantown, East Nashville, the Gulch, Midtown, you've got 12 South. You've got so many different little sections of Nashville that yeah. go way past Broadway. You know, as much as I love Broadway, it can be very overrated at times. We we don't even go there when we and, go there. I don't blame you. Yeah, I worked I, on Broadway for, for three years and it was about all I could take. And I was yeah. done with it. Yep. All right. So I've coach got, time. I'm telling four minutes. What, what are you? All right, I'm only about, to, all right, Rich, I'm only about 20 seconds ahead of you then. Uh, okay. Mike Twitter apparently has like got the direct feed into the predators. All right. So is really Mike Twitter. If my, so if Mike Twitter goes nuts, we'll know that the Preds won this game. If he's that far ahead of us. Yep. Well, no, that's awesome. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us real quick oh, before yeah. this game. Before this Definitely. game ends, we are presented by DraftKings. We're part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks for watching on our YouTube channel tonight. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. We it really helps us out a ton, and we, we can't thank you enough for doing that. Also, if you're on social media, give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Catfish Ice. We would really appreciate your follow. We thank you for watching. And, of course, go download the podcast tomorrow, the full episode, because on the end of this episode, we've got it coming up next. We've got our awesome interview with Joe Dubin, Big Joe on the go of 
Main Street, Nashville. He's a Nashville sports media legend. He's a Emmy winner. He is uh, hilarious. The dude is so funny. Yeah, and he told us he he told us some really really f- cool stories about his yeah. journey into covering sports, how he got into the industry, mm-hmm. uh, some good life lessons. Honestly, we uh, we talked some good life lessons. That That's you exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we definitely got his opinions on the Preds as well. Asked him some of the athletes that he's interviewed and been around mm-hmm. over his career, including some Preds players. I think you'll be surprised when you hear who his favorite Preds player of all time is. Yeah. I was surprised. He asked us, and obviously the first thing I said was Pecorine. Hey, don't blow for him, Rich. We got to keep the suspense up. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Forget what I just said. You are not a pro (laughs) at this, Rich. No, I'm just kidding. I know. I'm not. But, yes, you need to stick around because it's worth your time. We are carrying you all the way to the end of this Preds game here. Two minutes left, and what do you know? The Avalanche have emptied their net. There it is. I would let's go ahead and get this in. Let's go ahead and get this empty netter so that we can uh, round out this live watch along here. Let's go ahead and do it, thought, Let's let's settle it. I would have thought they would have done that a little sooner. Being down two, yeah. I guess but. they were uh, banking on getting that one goal so that they didn't have to empty the net so early, but. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. So you know what's going to be added to this Bridgestone Arena thread? You know what date's going to be added? What? When the Preds play the Stars and they hang Pecorine's jersey in the Raptors. Oh, my gosh. I would like to go to that game. Have you seen ticket prices for that game, Rich? I have not. The last time I checked, the cheapest tickets are like $200 in the nosebleeds. Wow. That's before ticket fees. That's like just the ticket itself. You know wow. they tack on the fees at the end. Yeah. So you're looking at probably two fifty per ticket to sit upper deck. They had a game pack where you could get a ticket to that game and then like two other games, I guess. And it was pretty reasonable, but I'm sure that's long gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's also remind everyone again, we are presented by DraftKings. So get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The offer we got for you going right now is in the NFL. All you got to do is bet $1, win $100 in free bets. If any, if the team of your choice went, scores a point, you win $100 in free bets. So go do that with our sponsor, uh, DraftKings. All right, we got 90 seconds left in this game. Let's bring it home, boys. Yep. Let's get our six-game winning streak. Let's get a record, recorded NHL win for Carl Taylor. That'd be cool to have on his resume. I think we know what this means <laughs> from Mike Twitter. Oh. <laughs> All right. We were, I wasn't too far behind. Mike Twitter comes in with the bang, and I think the Preds just salted this one away. Five Absolutely. to two now. Who got that empty netter there? Eckholm. Oh, didn't you just say Eckholm? I yeah, I was like, I wanted to see him get one. That's awesome. Well, there you go. Yeah, he's struggled, man. He's on the he's on the struggle bus. What a weird, crazy, almost oh lucky gosh. empty net goal. Wow. He banged he it was... off the boards. That's awesome. He banged Good it off him. the boards and it 
slapped back in. Good for him. But you'll, you'll take him any way you can get him when you're Matisse. Absolutely. Right now, you will. It, has, it has been a struggle for him. Absolutely. All right, Rich. Yeah. Rich, how are you feeling right now coming out of this game now? The Preds are now awesome. six-game winning streak officially. Hey, man, I'll take any win. I know it was tough on both teams, but I'll take anything, definitely. Um, hey, man, just keep it going. Hopefully they play tomorrow night in Chicago and can do this, do the same thing tomorrow night. Maybe well, we'll get Duchesne I'm back. Thinking they're probably gonna, thinking they're definitely going to probably have almost the same roster. You don't expect anyone who's in the COVID protocols to mm-hmm. be ready to be back tomorrow night. No. I do – Hope the game gets played. I don't want to see any games postponed if they don't have to. Um, even though we both originally said to open the episode that we probably thought this game should put, happen, but they mm-hmm. played it. Yep. I'm sure, Avalanche fans are upset right now. I, I get it. But you know what? That's what the NHL decided. And the NHL is making a pretty stiff uh, stance right now that they got to get these games played. They do. Absolutely. All right, so that's it. That's Reds it. win five to two. They get their eighteenth wow. win of the season. Congratulations to Carl Taylor. Oh yeah, that's and that awesome. and the Milwaukee Admirals coaching staff that came up to coach this game. Big yep. congrats to them. That is really cool. That is yep. awesome. The players look so happy. We're seeing goalie hugs for UC Soros, which is always the best. Big congrats to those young players like Cody Glass. And Cole mm-hmm. Smith, who got to play in this game tonight. Awesome yep. stuff. Happy for the team. They Good really win. showed a lot of fight. Phil Forsberg yep. with a three-point night, two goals and an assist. Roman Yossi gets the big-time goal. We're seeing the sticks be raised at center ice to the fans. Awesome stuff. All right. Yeah. Love it. We are going to let Love you it. go here on the live stream. But we've got Joe Dubin on the other side of the podcast. Round out episode 89. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's been a long time. Yes, we really love doing these watch along with you. It's always a lot of fun. Yep. Again, the Preds went 5 2. Stay tuned. We got Big Joe coming up next with our interview for Round Out episode 89 of Captain with Chad Mitten and Rich Happy. All right, we're back on episode 89 of Catfish on Ice. We have a really special and awesome guest that we're thrilled to have, and that is Joe Dubin, Big Joe on the go, yes. with us tonight. Big Joe, how are you doing on this Thursday evening? I'm doing fine, guys. Thanks for asking. This is really cool. Uh, you guys have a really cool setup here, so uh, it's going to be fun. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Work. I guess we are super thrilled. Uh, I grew up in Nashville, so I've always been a big fan of your work and everything you do uh, in the Nashville sports media scene. So this is uh, just awesome for me. And uh, Rich, I think you're going to get started with the, our first question here for uh, for Big Joe. Yeah, it wasn't really before we get like with the actual question. I just wanted to bring up. So I was checking out your blog, and I read your newest uh, your newest entry there, and like you. I get super annoyed when people don't put the shopping carts up. That is like <laughs> my biggest pet peeve in the whole world is walk 10 feet and put the shopping cart up. And I was reading through your blog and it's you're absolutely right. It's the small things. It's the little things that people do like that, that it really shows character. I mean, when you do the right thing. So I really enjoyed I'm just, that. Blog. You know, I, 
I was at the grocery store and I see the guy put the the cart right there, and I'm thinking he can't walk ten feet to do that. Then yeah. I started, you know, we we got into a little mini argument. You know, I probably right. should have kept my mouth shut, but at this point, I was just like, why? You know, he's like, why do you care? I'm like, why don't you care? I was just yeah. curious about that. Then I started <laughs> thinking about how many successful people put their cart up. You know, and somebody's like. Well, I bet you millionaires don't do that. I'm like, you know what? Let's define what successful is. Absolutely. Successful can be a friend of mine that runs a farm that's been married for 40 years and got three beautiful daughters. To me, that's successful. He would never do that. Put his, put the, leave the cart right there. So there's only one thing in this world that I cannot stand and it's lazy people. There's no reason for us to be lazy. So that is laziness at the top of the mountain right there. It is. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a huge, like, (laughs) It, not only is it a mess, other people have to clean up, but like it bashes into other people's car, and it's just it is it's just absolutely right. lazy. But I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that because you you're absolutely spot on with that. So that was awesome. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. All right, so uh, so we got Joe Dubin with us tonight, and he is part of Main Street Nashville local independent uh, new, newspaper. Correct, Joe. That is correct. Yeah, we got 15 newspapers all around Middle Tennessee, and different communities and uh, great subscriptions. A lot of people read it. A lot of people still want that physical paper in their hand. And so mm-hmm. we get that to them. It's all the counties delivered once a week. They get all the latest news and, you know, and people, let me tell you what, people love the comic strips. I had no yeah. idea people yep. still love comics, but we get people call the office all the time. Like, Hey, are the comics going to be in this week? Yeah, they'll be in there this week. So, uh, you know, I tell people the printed word is as powerful today as it was 2000 years ago. It's not going anywhere. There's just one big media conglomerate conglomerate who has tried to brainwash the last 15 years that has a paper in town. It's not the writer's fault, the people that work here, but the corporate where they say, you know, people don't want to read the paper anymore. It's all digital. That's fine. I read digital too, but people still want to read that paper. You know, I often tell a story about the paper. I don't mean to get off sidetrack here for a second. No, 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 you're fine. uh, When my mother passed away 10 years ago, my brother called me over to his house. He said, we got mom's footlocker. I want you to see it. And I found something in there. I'm like, well, I've been to that footlocker. I've seen everything. He's like, you need to come see this. So I go to the footlocker, open it. And there's an envelope. He's like, you need to take what's out an envelope and look at it. And my mother had cut out every single article I'd been in, in high school, whether it's football, baseball, it didn't matter. Every single article I was in, she cut it out. And I started thinking, what about kids? Say, what did you screenshot it and send it to mm-hmm. them? I mean, how does that work? Yep. People I agree. still That's love to see their kids' names in the paper, and even our names in the paper. So yeah. uh, I'm so pleased to be over there where I'm allowed to to write and, and do podcasts and do the show we do in the morning. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And to take that a step further, I think people still enjoy like collecting like books. Like I collect books and like comic books and stuff. Yes. People want that physical book. And just just having that book, like I do read digital stuff, but like I've got a whole bookshelf full of, of books that I collect and I really enjoy having that that physical book instead. So but always have that. Pa- I say, you know, always rich, always have that passion because you yeah. pass it down to your kids and they pass it down to their kids and on and on and on. It's never Absolutely. going to go anywhere. So I read books. I got books as well. So uh, just keep that going and then we'll we'll all be just fine. Yeah, I yep. agree. One hundred percent. Love it. Love it. All right. So, Joe, to get this going here. Really, I want to I want to know, like, tell us about your journey into covering sports, like kind of like what got you into uh, the Nashville market? Like what what kind of told you that this is what you wanted to do uh, as far as being in, in the media and covering sports and 
getting to where you're at today, kind of like kind of what got it all started for you? Well, I was uh, I was working at a company in Dixon as a credit card company, and my job was to sell telecheck machines where you put a check in and it zips the check around back and mm-hmm. forth. Uh, this was back in October, November of 2005, and I, I landed the Goodwill account to the whole Southeast. I mean, it was all the Goodwill stores would have these check cashing equipments and credit card processing things. It's a huge deal. And we had a party. The, the party was the day O.J. Simpson was acquitted. I'll never forget, November of 2000, wow. 1995. And we had a big party. And uh, at one point in there, I go to the bathroom, and I'm washing my hands. <coughs> excuse me. And I see myself at 65 years old doing the same thing. And I said, you know what? I'm like, I'm like, I'm not doing this. So I told my boss that I didn't feel good. He's like, you know, take a, take a week off, go over. Well, this is how the good Lord works. I, I left there. I'd been, I'd gone to Sanford. I'd played football there. I enjoyed the nightlife a little bit too much in the late eighties. Uh, I had good friends <laughs> named Jim Beam and Evan Williams. who like <laughs> to take me out about four times a week. Uh, those guys are off. Don't become friends with those guys. They're up to no good. So uh, I put the job and I, as I was leaving Dixon, I called my mom and I said, I need to know your fax number at your office. And she gave it to me. She says, what are you doing? I said, I'll see you in about 45 minutes. Called my brother-in-law. He was loading. Uh, he was a manager at overnight transportation trucking company. I said, are you guys hiring? He says, yeah, but it's only 11 o'clock at night to seven o'clock in the morning, 12 bucks an hour. I'm like, I'll take it. So I called Sanford. I had my transcripts faxed to my mom's office. I, my mom said, hey, you're, I got a envelope. There's a paper here for you. I said, hold it. I'm coming to get it. You know, I go get that paper. I go to MTSU. I'm going to enroll. I've got a year and a half left in school, my degree, and I want to get it in broadcasting. And here, this is a, how fate and, and just the good Lord shines on us. Uh, I went to MTSU, and I filled it. I threw like quarter to four, and I filled up my application real quick, and I turned it in, and the lady had shut the door. And I was like, hey, I need to put this in here. You know, I'm a register for spring semester. She's like, well, we're, 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 I, we close it for, it's like 401. I said, I'm standing right here. And uh, she said, well, I, we got to go. Then I was like, what I didn't know, guys, it was the last day you could register for spring semester. Wow. I had no idea. I just, I took a leap of faith and went down there and did that. But she was still adamant about letting me in. So I borrowed a Lou Holt story. And I said, ma'am, if the president of the United States was walking in here right now, would you take his application? She's like, well, most certainly. And I said, I can guarantee you the president is not walking in this door right now. Will you take mine? <laughs> she had this look on her face and said, okay, I'll take it. So she took my application. And that's how, if I'd have waited a day later, 30 minutes later, I would have not got into school in the spring. Took 67 hours in the school year, graduated, had an internship at Channel 2, became a cameraman, but always wanted to do sports. Uh, there were never any sports openings, so I went to the general manager and said, I'd like to do something fun and exciting. He's like, well, we don't do that in television. I said, just take a chance on me. Right. And I'll tell this That's to awesome. people all the time. I kept knocking on this door, right? There's an old parable where this guy's crossing the desert with his family. He finds a house. He knocks on the door, knocks on the door. Homeowner comes down and says, the only reason I'm opening this door is because you won't stop knocking. And I tell people, never stop knocking on that door. It's going to open. So it opened one led to another. That's how the Big Joe was created at Channel 2 back in 2003. Fast forward a story. It's 2006, and the entire sports department at Channel 2 quits. They all mm-hmm. do different jobs. Corey Curtis goes to Virginia. Sarah Walsh goes to D.C. John Dwyer goes to the morning show. They had nobody left. So the wow. GM said, I need you to do sports this weekend. I'm like, man, I'm going to have to go to the lake this weekend. I don't want to do that. He's like, I'll pay you. Do it. So it was a weekend. The U.S. was in the World Cup, 2006. 
And I didn't read, I did not recognize the country they were playing. My <laughs> was like a three minute SNL skit on who's playing in World Cup. So we had fun with that. I get off the set, my phone rings as the general manager. And I was like, oh God, what's going to happen now? Right. He's like, I have not laughed at a sports cast like that in 20 years. <laughs> You're hired. And that's how story. I got into sports. So to make a long story short, we become an intern, work so hard that when you have to go, they're going to miss you. And right. That's why I took people all the time. And I just took chances, guys. I mean, look at me. I've, I sent out probably 70 resume tapes, I mean, physical tapes to send to people. And I got rejected, everyone. I had one guy wrote back and said, hey, I like your energy. I don't like your look. And I was like, "That's you know what? I'm good with that. You sit yep. back something, I'm fine. And then so I just kept plugging away and plugging away. And I've wrote about this before, Richard, in one of my blogs. And I said, the only person that should be able to tell you no when you're going your career is yourself. Yep. The second Great you advice. tell yourself no, pack it up and go home. But yep. don't let it get to that point. And uh, just keep doing what you want to do, fighting the whole way, uh, and it'll happen. And, you know, I got told no so many times that it became comical. It became a way of like, all right, how can they tell me no this time? And yeah. finally, all it takes is one yes. Yeah. And I got the yes. I stayed in sports. And uh, I just kept just plotting my way through. And thank the Lord I've been there ever since. What a freak, What an awesome freaking story. And, uh, Joe, me and you got a couple things in common. I, too, went to MTSU for uh, broadcast journalism in uh, 2006 to 2010. And I also interned at News 2 in uh, the summer of 2010. So uh, cool stuff. Were you with me? I don't, were you in sports? I never, I don't, I never, so I, I did, uh, I worked the graveyard shift and uh, got to meet, got to work with Neil Orn. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember his co-anchor at the time. Uh, I want to say her name was, Julie, yes, I worked. Yeah. With, I worked with them, so yeah, uh, and, and it was it was a blast. It was awesome. I did it over the summer, right before I uh, graduated from uh, MTSU, and uh, I mean, those are memories that I'll never forget. It was awesome. It was an awesome experience. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's why I tell intern. If you're an intern, when I had interns at Channel Four, I was like, when you come in here, learn how to run the camera, learn how to edit, learn how to write. You can write my, you know, my sports cast. I let them write sports cast, and it was awful. But I said, you know what? You're my first sports cast writing was awful i said but you're learning hands-on experience right. you know it's funny chad you could tell at least i could within 30 seconds whether or not an intern's going to make it or not just the way they grasp and want to get it and understand and questions and you know it's funny i've had some interns and they watch what you do behind the scenes and put a sports cast together i mean you got all this you got to shoot it you got to write it you got to edit it you got to put it together cut the sound bites all for two or three minutes and they're all like that's that's it. You just get two or three minutes on TV. And I was like, yeah, there's more to just showing up and reading mm -hmm. your copy on air. There's a lot that Absolutely. goes on. So that has weeded out a lot of people throughout the years who just wanted to be on TV. And that's really helpful. Yeah. My uh, my uh, funny uh, moment interning real quick before we go to Rich with, with his uh, with our next question is I walked in front of the weather green screen during one of those. Uh, <laughs> One of those mid-morning like uh, break-ins they do, like uh, kind of later in the morning after the morning newscast, yeah. they'll do like a little uh, like a little jump in of a weather report. I walked in. Well, I didn't really walk into it, but I was standing in like my my body was in the shot. Just, I lost <laughs> track of where I was standing, and I was so embarrassed. I wanted to crawl into a little <laughs> hole and never come out. But everyone was actually really nice about it, and was like, "It happens to the best of them." Like. 
take it as a learning experience, but I was yeah. so embarrassed and got a really good learning lesson from that. But uh, Rich, go That's ahead awesome. with uh, with, your, with our next question here. for uh, Yeah, so for, uh, I was just Joe. wondering, like, yeah, I was just wondering, like, over your career, like, what are some of your best memories and then, like, memorable athletes and, like, extra points if it's any Predators players? Yeah, sure. Uh, Rich, what's wrong with your light there, buddy? I don't know. Is it's it going watching? off on your face? Yeah. I don't know. We'll I don't get, know. We'll get I, engineering I working on that. I guess, yeah. I'll have to <laughs> send myself a note and check that out. Uh, there's, been, there's been some fun moments when you look back through the careers. Like, I always remember – what comes to mind, like with the Titans in the 99 draft, when they drafted Javon Curse, they were trying to get a, a linebacker of Ohio State named Andy Katzenmoyer. And I remember being over there, and the Titans wanted this guy so bad. They wanted him so bad. And the pick before uh, they got him, uh, the Patriots took him. Mm. So I just remember over there, and the Titans like, well, what's our plan B? Because they didn't have a plan B. And then somebody said, there's this guy at Florida. He's kind of a tweener. I'm not sure if he could play down or play up, but he's really athletic. And that was Javon Curse. So hearing that at the time, they were in a trailer in Bellevue back in 99 oh, wow. for that draft. And so that was a kind of cool moment. Uh, and then I was a camera guy, you know, the whole time when the Bush-Gore election of 2000, being involved in that because Gore oh. had his campaign headquarters here. And, That's right. and I'm sitting there oh, doing wow. live shots as a camera guy next to John Roberts and, uh, you know, John King from CNN. I mean, all these people we see on TV. And that's why I discovered that those reporters, they all wear shorts. None of them very rarely wear suits. So I was like, this is pretty cool. If I ever become a sports guy, That's I'm not awesome. wearing a suit. I'm not. I'm going to wear shorts, and which I did 95% of the time. So those are cool things. Going to the Titans for the Super Bowl was cool. Uh, predator moments were, you know, going on the Stanley Cup in, in 2017 oh, yeah. to watch that and go up there at Pittsburgh and see that. And, uh, I, you know, you're not supposed to cheer in the press box, but I think it was game one when Subin's goal was disallowed oh. uh, against Pittsburgh on that Monday night. You're <laughs> right. And uh, I, remember, I remember just hitting the, the desk and a guy next to me was like, hey, no cheering in the press box. I said, I'm not about to be cheering. I'm not yeah, going to be screaming because that goal should have counted. <laughs> it should have uh, counted. cool moments to see all that behind the scenes. Uh, so any kind of a run with the professional sports team with the Titans did that. And, of course, with the Predators and what they've done uh, is really cool. 2007, we got to go behind the scenes with the Predators when they played in Pittsburgh uh, to watch how they tour and how they tour, how they get on the road and – you know, everything's organized. I mean, the equipment staff for the National Predators is the undersung heroes because they load everything up, everything there to the rink and then back on the bus, back on the planes again. So to see that from that perspective uh, was really, really cool. And there's been other moments, you know, that yeah. have gone on that have been like hard news moments, which, you know, you don't like to the Waffle House shooting a few years ago. No, you know, right. immersed in that. And you just, I mean, talk about it, Chad. We grew up here. This is our hometown. And you hate to see that stuff that goes on. The tornado of 2020 uh, oh, yeah. was brutal just because uh, it destroyed my – I live a mile and a half from DCA. It destroyed my son's school, and that path went straight through Cookville and killed 25, 30 people. Yeah. So uh, it, it wears on you from a standpoint because you hate to see people hurting and their families hurting. So right. there's a lot of good stories. There's a lot of bad stories. But has somebody who told me years ago when he started in TV that TV reporters should never complain because we all have the front seat to life. Oh, that's and true. that made me realize, yeah, we got a pretty cool little job here, but we have a job to do and uh, to tell the story. And, you know, my thing was I wanted to tell positive stories. And luckily right. working in sports a lot of times, you get to have those positive and fun stories. A quick predator story for you, which is funny. Uh, my favorite predator of our time was Darcy Hordachuk. And oh. his best <laughs> friend owned Crocs, the shoe Crocs. 
So oh, wow. he sent him a uh, a big bag one day, and I was walking out, and Darcy says, "Hey, Joe, come over here." He goes, "You want any Crocs?" And I was like, like "What? Not really? Because they're really ugly." He's like, "What size do you wear?" I said, "Well, 13. He throws me like twelve pair of size thirteen Crocs, and he says, "You know what? Just take the whole bag. I never saw it. You never saw it. Just take them." So I'm standing there outside the parking lot at Bridgestone with a, a big duffel bag of Crocs. <laughs> and so I went and just handed these Crocs, and people went crazy over these Crocs. That's funny. And yeah, so Darcy Hornichuk, wherever he is now, Darcy, thank you so much, because that was very cool. So a lot of fun moments throughout the career. That's yeah. awesome. That is. That's really All cool. All right, so uh, let's, let's get to current times here. Uh, so, of course, the Preds are playing pretty well this season. I feel like they're playing well ahead of what people expected out of them. Uh, going into the season, everyone was billing it as a rebuild type of season. Uh, so, Joe, we got to ask you, uh, do you think that they're kind of toying with our hearts or do you think maybe we might be in store for another really special uh, season of National Predators hockey? Well, first off, as we're taping this on a Thursday, who's coaching the team tonight? <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> they are. That, that is trouble. Somebody's playing a trick with. So Milwaukee coaches they, came down? They pretty they much they, – yeah, they, they pretty much took all of the Milwaukee Admirals coaches yeah. – and called him up because, yeah, the entire Preds coaching staff is literally in the COVID protocols. I don't think this has ever happened in the history no. of, of NHL. If so, I would love to hear the story. But, yeah, right. Call, yeah you crazy. hear about calling players up, minor league players up all the time, but calling coaches up, right. yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's crazy times we live in for sure. Well, I, yeah. I, but, I love uh, it because, you know, they got 35 points right now. And I, I, did, I think, you know, a rebuilding year, you know, they let some you know, major players go last year. And you think about at some moment, I remember a, a predator playing tell me years ago who said uh, it's best when nobody knows about it. So it might have been Shea Weber like 10 years ago. Remember when they knocked off Detroit in the first, mm. their first ever playoff win? It's like, you know, we like it when nobody knows about us. And I'm thinking, oh, that's mm. odd. That's kind of weird. And I started thinking hockey players are different, you know, than yes. baseball and football players. They're just different and not in a bad way. Just the way that they don't want – all the notoriety, at least the ones that I've covered in my time with Predators, they would like for just let us do our job, come talk to us after the game, we'll do our thing. But I, I think it's good. Nobody's talking about the Predators. I mean, really nobody. They go up and do knock off New Jersey, the Islanders and the Rangers, uh, and hottest team in hockey right now. So I, I just yeah. think at some point you got to start looking like, all right, this is they're doing something here. And I'm an optimist, so I think they're doing something here because nobody's paying attention to them right now. That's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, they're not getting a lot of national recognition for sure right now. Like, they're kind of flying under the radar. Uh, They've got a lot of good young players that are stepping up that don't have the national notoriety yet, like Tanner Janot and uh, players like that. But, of course, they do still have some of their uh, star players like Philip Forsberg, you know, UC Saros, of course. We're still not sure if Philip Forsberg is going to be a national predator at the end of the year. That's kind of the main storyline that everyone's – not sure about is are the Predators going to be able to keep Philip Forsberg? He's in a contract year. Will they trade him? You know, he's probably arguably the most known player on the team aside yeah. from maybe UC Soros. So I agree. The question for you guys, and I love this question all the time because, you know, a lot of people pop on the Predators bandwagons last four or five years. But for those overall, who would you think is the most popular National Predators player of all time? Pecorino. It's got to be Pecorino. It's got to be Pecorino. He's, he's my favorite anyway. I <laughs> think Shea Weber, Shea Weber is a very, very close second for me. I have close upstairs, as you can get. 
upstairs in my in my son's room, we have a Jordan two two whistle, and that's he's up something there too. about Jordan two two in those first years here, where he was this this guy that was from the village nobody heard of, and he comes here and just really gave everything for this franchise. I agree, really Pecorine right. is the guy, and he'll be this first statue out there. But to me, what Jordan Tutu did for this franchise in early yeah, years, true. and no pun intended, but he gave them a fighting chance. You know, when yes. he, Hordacek was telling me one time about some story where somebody went after Korea and knocked Korea out, and Tutu's like, I need on the ice now, and went on the ice and just obliterated some dude. And I just, for something like that, when this hockey was starting out there, he was a guy that a lot of us saw as us. You know, mm-hmm. here's a guy that, you know, wasn't a four-star hockey player, wasn't the greatest thing that ever came out and put on skates. But for some reason, he will always have a place in my heart as the greatest natural predator. It's not really what he did on the ice, just the right. impact he had in the community with people. And you still see twenty-two uh, number 22 jerseys around everything. But, yeah, I agree. Pekka is. But, man, I hope we never lose sight of what uh, Jordan Tutu did for this franchise. Oh, yeah. And I think I think sure. they're actually – they're kind of getting back to that that way of playing because, like, they all stick up for each other now, which, like, the past few seasons well, – like, starting basically the second half of last season, they all started just sticking up for each other and playing for each other and helping out more than they ever had, um, you know, in the past previous two seasons at least. So it's good to see them get back to that, playing that style of hockey. Good, so. it is. Yeah, it's very and, enjoyable. Uh, Jordan, Tutu, uh, Jordan Tutu's story is absolutely incredible. His his journey of battling addiction mm-hmm. and uh, just the human element story of Jordan Tutu is something that if people have not looked into it, they need to look up Jordan Tutu's uh, story, especially after hockey. He is a very, very inspirational uh, I agree. Uh, player, and uh, person in general. Just take hockey part out of it. He's just a very inspirational uh, person. So, uh, yeah, Jordan Tutu's up there for sure as well. All right, so this has been a lot of fun. This has been uh, – yeah. we've been joined by a Big Joe on the go here tonight. We've been so uh, honored to have him uh, join us and talk a little bit about the ins and outs of the media industry, talk a little Preds hockey. we got a little Titans talk in there as well. It's been a lot of fun, Joe. We really appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Yeah, guys, thank you. Anytime you need me, come on anything. I appreciate you guys asking. And uh, really fun time. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. No problem. All right, this has been episode 89 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe brought to you by DraftKings. We will see you next week for a brand new episode. Everyone stay safe and have an awesome weekend.